1: What's happening, weirdos? And a really, really special and amazing episode with Adam Conover, who uh, hosts a show that I love called Adam Ruins Everything. And he's also just an amazing guy. I was so happy to talk with him. I do want to note up top here that uh, we do talk about The Larry Sanders Show and how much we both love The Larry Sanders Show. And I do want to note, and Adam was also careful to uh, remind me to note, that we recorded this before the the very sad news that Gary had died. So if it seems like we're talking about uh, Larry Sanders, without acknowledging the obvious uh, recent loss, it's because this was recorded before that. Um, but it's kind of fun to hear a little tribute to something that we both uh, love. So, of course, we uh, kept that moment in. Um couple plugs up top. I think you know that my Chicago special, I'm taping a new hour special, uh, this coming Saturday, the 16th, um, at the Vic Theater, Uh, Tickets are on PeteHolmes.com. The early show is sold out, but there are some tickets available for the late show. The late show tends to be the one where they're both great. I'll do a lot of material for both of them. But usually the the late show is very fun and kind of uh, looser because we already have one under our belt. So I hope you guys can come out to that. That'll be special and very fun. And thank you for selling out that early show. That means so, so much. Good audiences mean a good special, and that would mean the world. If you're hitting uh, the day it came out on April 13th, I will be in San Diego tonight at the American Comedy Company. And on uh, Friday, uh, April 15th, I will be at the Hollywood Improv with uh, John Mulaney, Jamie Lee, and others to support um, Sweet Lady Bell's charity, Real Girl. So uh, tickets for all of these are on PeteHolmes.com. Of course, the one that would mean the most if you're in the Chicago area or anywhere nearby. God, I just did Athens, Georgia, and people drove from all over. Just so amazing to see weirdos coming out and, and driving five, six, seven hours. It just it just it really does melt my heart. So I hope to see you guys in Chicago if you can make it on the sixteenth. Uh, Today's episode is brought to you by Squarespace. We know this. Squarespace is the easiest way to create a beautiful website, blog, or online store for you and your ideas. Squarespace features an elegant interface, a beautiful template, uh, several beautiful templates actually, and incredible 24-7 customer support. So start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter promo code WEIRD at checkout to get 10% off and start webbing it up today. Thank you, uh, Squarespace, for your uh, wonderful sponsorship of the show. And remember to go to squarespace.com and enter offer code Weird for ten percent off and show your support. Of you made it weird. All right, guys. Last little shout out for those of you that uh, skipped the ad. Chicago on the sixteenth. Hope to see you there for my new hour special. In the meantime, enjoy the wonderful Adam Conover. Get into it. Deal with it. <laughs> Deal with it. Hey, Adam. Hello. How are you? No, i Thanks so much for having me. Oh, man. let me do that better. I gripped you. I gripped Just you. Mean, man. Hey, man. Yeah. Thanks for that. Nice to see yeah, you. Of course. This is of the course. guest chair, if you don't mind. I, I like facing this way. Oh, please. Down to the right. Uh, you know that, like, there's a room, and then it's in the back of the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Ah, you can keep recording, Aristotle. We don't know enough about you. You have a, two dogs, and they bark all the time. Is that one yours? Uh, I thought um, you and your girlfriend had two dogs and one was yours and one was hers. Yeah. So if you were to break up, you know who would go with who. That's kind of a weird thing to say. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think I've said that many times on those podcasts. Like I one time was kind of interested in a girl who had a dog from a previous relationship. And I know that there are people that uh, have wonderful, meaningful relationships with people with children from previous relationships. So it's a little short-sighted of me, and it's not my favorite characteristic. But I remember being creeped out that the dog was creeped out by me. You know what I mean? Because he knew I wasn't the guy. He'd sniff me, and and I knew that he had probably watched them do it. <laughs> And nothing ever happened with this person but I remember feeling like it was just a little bit of a ghost a kid might be different a kid is, is more complex the dog is just so instinctual and just like you're not Dan you know and they pees in the corner and rebellion and I don't know I also didn't know how to love dogs back then but uh so she got the dog in that one how, how long have you been with your girlfriend? Six or seven years, and you just moved in together? Mm-hmm. Well, you're a young'un, right? How old are you? 23. 23? You've been with your girlfriend for seven <laughs> years, and you're 23? Let's see. That means you were together when you were 16? Maybe six years, then. Oh, so you were 17? Yeah. So you started fucking each other all illegally and shit? Oh, no, it was legal. Wait! Then somebody had to turn 18 first and was, oh, who turned 18 first? You did? You take a hiatus? We're recording. <laughs> I just talked to Aristotle for five minutes. <laughs> or not five minutes. He's been dating the, the same woman. You don't mm-hmm. mind if I tell Adam, do you? It's on the podcast. He started dating uh, his, his, his current girl. He's 23. First of all, I didn't know he's 23. He does look older. Yeah, he's got an older I would say 28. the beard, the beard. Yeah. 28. Good guess. How old are you? I'm 32. Yeah, you're you're kind of ageless too. <laughs> you know what? I was going I was going to say you time. look you look young or old, but really you just kind of look like you could play almost anything. I didn't mean to make that show busy. No, that's fine. But I'd call you <laughs> Yeah, I I'm a, I have a general I have a general man face.
2: Like I you do have a man face. I could Yeah, I look very uh I look very like a uh, like like America's image of a regular human, you know what I mean? I just like I'm a generic white man. Um, racist, uh, sexist America yeah. views me
1: as like that's a person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Normal, regular person, and probably like people in uh, say Lithuania, my hometown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> my hometown, call it my hometown. This is where my mom is from. They Got probably it. think like like if they're playing Pictionary and the mm-hmm. clue is American, they draw you. Yeah. Eating a hamburger, but at least you have <laughs> at least you have glasses, so you're like a smart American. Like you're yeah. going with stereotypes. Yeah, smart. You're often well dressed. Mm-hmm. I try to I try to dress a little dapperish. You sometimes you, you do, you're benefiting from a society, a current society that is like, go ahead and and what you quaff. Yeah, yeah. I know, I got a know, big, you probably get, get a lot of tall about hair. Your hair, but you, you have can tall ask. I'm happy to it's talk about it all time. It's gorgeous hair. <laughs> I didn't realize until I'm 30, I'm about to turn 37 this month. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I didn't realize like hair. Right, <laughs> you, you, didn't, you didn't. realize hair. I just thought you'd know what I meant. I feel like I figured. I for the first time in my life at thirty-seven, <laughs> I thought about hair. I recognize that hair exists. Well, you know, people start losing their hair, is my point. Ah, uh, yeah. And I should have said that. I should have yes. said all of these things, but instead, I thought tel- telepathy. <laughs> telepathy was telepathy. a thing. Telepathy, telekinesis. But uh, boobs are to girls. I think as hair is to dudes. It's the vis- uh, alpha, beta sort of thing. You think so? Of like, At least a little bit. Of like
2: masculinity or whatever you think? Not even,
1: well, that, it's funny that you said it because a high testosterone level, so more manly actually means mm-hmm. you would go bald because testosterone is in. Oh, is that true? It's in bed with baldness. Well, I
2: don't identify as a man as an alpha man in no, any I, other way, so if uh... it, it makes sense if
1: low testosterone means you keep your hair. Yeah, for sure. That's why like, I think Jason Statham speaks to us on some level. Yeah. People have heard me say this a million times. Obviously, I listened to one episode of NP and I've been quoting it for the on this podcast for years since. <laughs> but square jaw and uh, and going bald and like hairy bat, all that stuff is like testosterone driven, huh. which is which is you know it's it's linked yeah. to everybody knows it. I'm I'm always repeating this, but I, people never know. You don't know. Mm-hmm. It's linked to decisiveness and like uh, strength mm-hmm. of uh, like ah, Blah, rah, rah, that rah, rah. sort of shit. Yeah. So when even when you and I let's take the ladies out of it, I can't yeah. speak to them. <laughs> never mind for them. Mm-hmm. Oh God. <laughs> but when we're watching state them I think we're going uh, no one that's a real in a, man in a lost sort of situation I guess I we don't we would put him in charge I I look at men like that and I feel very
2: like sad for them because <laughs> <laughs> they feel they often seem like trapped in in a very in a persona in a persona and like a, they're trying to fill like a very specific role and yeah. you just like don't have to be I feel I know so exactly I, what you mean I feel so bad for men who are like like especially if you look at sort of young men on the internet you know there's this concept of like alpha male and beta male and yeah. they get obsessed with it they're like Shouldn't they're, they're be... like alpha is like this and and beta is like that you yeah. don't want to be beta hey that's beta behavior bro and it's like Really? that's, that's th- a thing that's yeah that's the way people talk and to me that is the most Beta behavior of all is to divide men into alphas and betas and then say are you one or the other you know like that's such a limited Wait, way to what, what look at people What would be the
1: better I understand what you're saying there's more than two things yes so it's a weak choice it's a weak choice yeah, 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 If yeah, yeah.
2: you're defining yourself by strength or weakness and then you're constantly worried am i projecting enough strength yeah. and that's a weak way to behave Well that's i can the, completely agree it's point.
1: it's what, it's like when we're in high school or junior high for for me i think was more junior high like when you make a, you take a swing at being cool Mm-hmm. Like Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like Calvin and Hobbes <laughs> It's like who wants to be cool if you can't wear a sombrero Do you remember that strip? <laughs> I trail? don't remember that one it's but it a, sounds it's like It's a great Hobbes line it goes, <laughs> who, who wants to be cool if you can't wear a sombrero <laughs> Oh Calvin's like your sombrero's not cool and... Well Calvin's wearing like Ray-Bans And leaning yeah, yeah. on a tree uh, because you, this is another big thing of mine is like in the eighties. Cool was cool. Like wearing a trench coat with the collar popped and like whispering like Richard, <laughs> Ge- just think of Richard <laughs> yeah. Gere, hey, just being like, you want to get out of here? You, like that was wanna, cool. Uh, hey, yeah. Now that's, those are our superheroes. <laughs> In the '80s, everybody was just like, "I have a Corvette." Like, no, no subtlety. Like, uh. so cool was cool, but that's that's exhausting. Like, you can't wear a sombrero. You have yeah. to constantly been thinking, "Can I? When is it? Where is it?" Yes. And and, and, and
2: what we all know is that is that true cool is comfort and confidence, and yeah. those things only come when you are don't have to worry about what you project.
1: That's I, right. I, that's why they're incredibly cool nerds. And I'm not talking about yeah. now. I'm talking about like in the '80s, back when it was confusing, <laughs> and you'd see a nerd that was just like,
2: "I love." Basic,
1: yeah, and he just did. Oh yeah, and he was cool. I had nerds in it my, put you at ease in my
2: school in my high school. It was like I was a nerd and I was uncomfortable and I was yada yada. But you were a were, nerd. Uh, I if was you'll nerd. Excuse yeah. Me for one second. Nerd. Nerd. Oh, God.
0: Oh, God.
1: We're back. I'm back there again. I want you to know I, I was a, I was a specific kind of nerd in high school. Not for very long. I dabbled in different groups, mm-hmm. but a VAX nerd. VAX was the old. Like, wait. pre-internet, green on black. Wait, 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 wait. You, in high school, you used a vax? You know what a vax computer? is? Computer, yes. Yeah, we were that's vax nerds. A, that's incredible. Wait, so you yeah. had a mainframe computer and there were terminals that yeah, you yeah, would Yeah, yeah, and use. I'd sit with guys that helped Homer get... Through in college, what, those guys. <laughs> what kind of high
2: school was this where you had that? I mean, we had we had like you know
1: Mac. We had the little boxy Macs. Well, you you're know. younger
2: than I am. I am I am this. about five years younger. So yeah. I we Vax was top of the line. That was I mean I've never even seen a system like that. But when I was a kid, I was learning about computers. I thought yeah. I thought
1: mainframes like that were so cool. They are cool. They are still kind of cool. I'd yeah. like to write a novel on a black with green type. <laughs> Everything I'd write would be about the predator yeah. or something. My dad had a
2: old PC with amber text on Ooh. black. It it looked really, what the fuck it really are we cool. doing but, but I was going to say there were these nerds in my school who you know like they were we would hang out you know we would sit with them at lunch and stuff yeah. um uh but they were uh you know and they were played D&D and and programming and yes, everything yes. but they were the cool nerds because they were so self-confident in who they were. And they just sort of carried themselves a little bit like, hey, yeah, I mean, like I'm learning C and like I I, I know how to play the electric guitar. And like I, and you know, I'm the DM and it was, and it was just like, they were intimidated. Like I wanted to impress them and everyone respected them. Like the whole school, they're
1: like, they're nerds, but they were respected by everybody. I love that. Yeah. That's so evolved to me. Yeah. And, but you're saying it is these people knew who they were. They figured it out quickly. Yes. It's like, I can't help it. And I'm drawn to C plus. exactly, and now they're like just like computer scientists. Exactly, you know, like just they are very serious computer scientists. They have nap so. pods and they get blowjobs when they're <laughs> stressed. <laughs> <laughs> they put C colon backslash when, DJ. They and, don't live in the yeah, future. No, what they live you in die? the future.
2: What are you, they're not on a <laughs> spacecraft. Nap Let pods. me have my fantasy. In, you just postulated some kind of sci-fi reality in a sentence. They yeah. have nap pods and they get blowjobs when yeah. they're stressed from
1: the nap pod. They, they, well, yeah, they ca- <laughs> a head just emerges into the pod. The curtain kind of goes around it. Uh, and, then, and then they get to business. And then you're like, Gee, thank whiz. you. I may resume... Inventing the new Facebook, and what's that gonna be?
2: That sounds great. Um, The
1: most boring podcast. I mean, what's that gonna be? The next, (laughs) what's the next Facebook, huh? What do you think it is? I think it's Snapchat. (laughs) The kids are on Snapchat now. I think that's the new thing. I refuse. I refuse. (laughs) My friend Bert Kreischer just told me, he was like, You should vlog. He was like, you should vlog. Well, what? here's It's so old. Ah, well, he told you in 2015 yeah, that you should yeah. vlog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's 2016. 2016, oh my God. But yeah, I'm, was, I'm
2: still writing it on my jokes. <laughs> still writing 2015 on my podcast material.
1: Oh my God, my heart hurts. That's so good. <laughs> That was such a perfect, like Jeez. a good joke. is I'm glad. A good joke is fine, but if you slipped, just a small slip, and then as the host who wants you to feel welcome and 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 to shine, yeah, I want you to shine, I'm like, do I tell him it's 2016? I do, yeah. And then as I think I'm helping you up from a, a small trip, <laughs> you soar into the sky like Thor. Swinging the <laughs> hammer, going, nerd! <laughs> See, this is why
2: you're a good host, because when someone does well on your show, you describe a, like a comic book fantasy of how well they did. Like, that's, that's really well, making your guests look good, I have to say, to <laughs> describe inter- me as Thor.
1: I'm interested in what people are looking for, and then I'm even more... F- that's kind of Mm -hmm. basely interesting. And then what's even more interesting is those weird people that are going around giving people what they want. Let's take me out of it. I I know I made you feel good, but it was mostly for the gag, and I'm glad you feel good. Oh, I feel great. Like, I watch other people do interviews sometimes, and uh, there was a guy on this podcast named Richard Rohr, and he was just so good at going, like, excellent. Like, just (laughs) like... (laughs) But he's like an old man. He looks like Santa, so you kind of like it. But, like, just those people that go... Huh, what do I need? I wish people would tell me that yeah. I was excellent. Yes. And then instead of just going like, oh, no one tells me I'm excellent, they start. It's like if you want emails, write some emails. Yeah. You know, yeah. When you open your inbox yes. and there's no email. Who wants emails? Well, back in the day before it's a we curse. were big showbiz people, hit it. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I made mean, emails. Emails are a curse. Yeah. I was, yeah, I want, no one could see it, but. I agree. Sometimes I come home from a day of uh, writing or whatever and I'll have like uh, 15 texts and I'm like, what do I work for you? Yeah. But you put out into the world what you want to get back. Exactly, but just literally, not in a mystical or, or supernatural yes. way. You're just writing emails and then you get email. That old friend will write you back yes. or whatever. And this guy, I have to assume, was like, okay, I like it. It feels good when people tell me, Oh, you get it. Adam, yes. you get it. You're being a good podcast guest. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a little yeah, it creepy. Feels wonderful. But it does feel good. Yes. So this guy starts it's like you pick up a tube that's like just like like a, like a phone Like a hollow phone And it just kind of like Keeps sending out What yeah. you're getting in And I think that's lovely Have you ever read um, I feel like this is
2: on topic For your podcast Have you ever read How to win friends And influence people By Dale Carnegie I'm aware of it
1: Okay I've referenced it But I haven't read it But it's, it's the, so dog, good. the dog thing Right uh, What's the dog thing Because that's know. what I was thinking It was like Give mm-hmm. what you want Yes And people are so fucking stupid It's not what he says <laughs> But he says treat People love dogs Because all dogs do Is look to you Yes Is they like What is it It's good You yes. Yes. It feel good yeah. We're going to eat a bone, yeah! How can I, how can I make you happy? Yeah. Do you like me? Yeah, they're so, very attentive. Yeah. You, this guy who wrote that book, you tell me what yeah, you know. I already know what
2: I well, know. Well, I, I read it. People make fun of that book because it's got the shilliest name, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah. It's from like 1935. Yeah. All the book is, is it's like, think about what makes you happy and... That's what makes other people happy. And then give them what makes them happy. Yeah. And everything goes easier.
1: So it's, like, so it's like when you're
2: negotiating. Free think,
1: podcast.
2: You know, how can you put it in a way that someone else, you know, like for, if you need someone, if you need something out of someone else,
1: give them, find a way to make it what they want. And it's crazy. See, what when I hear you say that, and I know this is not the author's intent. I don't think he wants us to lie or manipulate. Not at all. But you can actually find it. You are being a good podcast kid, Yes. So I know it's weird to say that twice. <laughs> but like. <laughs> When someone does get it, to, you don't, you want to walk that line between a phony balone. Yeah, you don't want to be it's, a phony. It's balloon.
2: totally not phony baloney. He's he's like. It's really the. It's almost like that old Conan line of like just just be nice to people. Yeah, be kind to people. Yeah, and that's the best way to be. And it's so it's a book about like empathy and right and and understanding but imagining and, you what know. they
1: what they might be feeling. I, yes. I think it's such an, an and important that's the, exercise. That's
2: the number one thing that I try to when I, I I have I've actually just like been putting it into practice this week i try to like when i get into a conflict with another with another person i try to go like here's my react you know i try to stop the reaction of like wait i'm mad and i'm gonna try to fight for what i want and then i'm like and i try to go what are they thinking how do they feel and then how can i be the kindest to them in this situation yeah and that usually starts with with apologizing for whatever the conflict was and then saying what can i do and i just want i just want you to be happy and then also
1: yeah (laughs) <laughs> Child. But also, like, say, just saying instead of just conceptualizing it, just saying, I think I hear that you're frustrated or whatever. These are all cliches, like, this yeah. sounds like bad therapy, but it's true. If somebody's freaking out, oftentimes you're just a baby on its back, you know what I mean? And you need to be like, I understand that you're frustrated, and yeah. I'm sorry. That I that I didn't do what you wanted me to do, yeah. And then just that I think you're operating at such a high level. If you just do the simple thing that so many people don't do, which is, why is this person so fucking angry or freaked yeah. out or disappointed? Instead of just going, oh, their disappointment is causing a knot in my belly. Yeah, they're they're attacking me with words. Yeah, and they're making me afraid. If you can just go, all right, that's that's all happening. Let's just put that aside. Yeah. Why is Karen being a bitch? <laughs> Karen. Why does she feel this way? Oh, her dad just
2: killed <laughs> all those people. Jesus Christ. What a, <laughs> what, I didn't
1: want to make it too sad. What a stark reality I know, you postulated. I know. Why was it that? But I, mm. I was trying to think of – but that, you know, and I'm not I'm not forcing it. People yeah. know that I like bringing up com- – this is what uh, Thich Nhat Hanh calls compassionate listening. Oh, Thich Nhat Which he thinks Hanh. Is, is, the, yeah. is the solution to kind of like world peace. Yeah. I also just was watching a Motown documentary about MJ, Michael Jackson. <laughs> uh-huh. And his... They make
2: documentaries, Motown?
1: Motown is now in the documentary <laughs> business, and they are
2: ripping off it's their like, artists you, I, again. Oh, my <laughs> God. Did you see the Motown documentary? It was about how our all our food is terrible, and the music is incredible. And I watched it last night.
1: <laughs> it's just movies about... like childhood obesity but underneath is like I know you wanna leave me the soundtrack to this thing about McDonald's is amazing (laughs) Motown Modox they should do it what are they doing what are they
2: doing come on get in in it with Netflix and start making scary documentaries
1: for liberals to to frighten themselves with at night uh, documentaries like reading but easy yeah i love documentaries what a hack what I, a life hack i
2: made. i love them i love them NPR too npr and documentaries
1: good cheats it's a genre it's a genre that
2: is pe- When certain people go like i'm watching so many I oh I just go home. I watch documentary every night, yeah. and it's like you're watching the wrong kind of documentaries, yeah. aren't you? I can tell you're watching the wrong kind of documentaries. Yeah, yeah. You could watch food documentaries on Netflix for two hundred years, yeah, and, that's true,
1: and just frighten and yourself. And get a and lot of it. conflicting information. Exactly, that's really the problem. I really liked that one. Uh, I enjoyed watching it, even though I disagreed with it. There was one called "The Perfect Human Diet," which was <laughs> just like all you should eat is meat. Like eat meat. Yes, I don't eat meat, but it was it was still I'm still watching. it. <laughs> like yeah, I, I'm just like ah, that's what this guy thinks. <laughs> But there's something to it. Like, the first documentary that I thought of when you mentioned it, it actually ties into Empathy, because it was about bodybuilding. It was that classic uh, mm. pumping iron.
2: Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? No, I never have.
1: Okay, great one to watch, because who gives a shit, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, it's just like horses standing up going, what if I squeeze? <laughs> it's just like a waste of fucking time. And yeah. too- That's how you go in. Like, mm-hmm. you're just like, you're like this is dumb fucking dummies with waxed and their Whatever. fucking tiny nuts from the steroids and bullshit. And then you're like... You're getting this glimpse. There's this part where, uh, what's his name, Ferrigno. Lou Ferrigno is being mm-hmm. like uh, greased up by his dad. His dad is, I know, <laughs> I know. And he goes, oh, Lou, look at your body. You're like something Michelangelo would have carved, right? <laughs> And in that moment, <laughs> I'm enjoying him going, like, you're something like Michelangelo. What a you know when Italian people will make a choice to be like, I'm going hard Italian. Yeah, I'm going to be really. Mozzarella. You know what Mo- I mean? Mozzarella, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 They, they know the word mozzarella. Yeah, but yeah. But they're like, they fuck you. They made that up.
2: Yeah. That's Italian-American. It's not Italian. Mozzarella. They made
1: it. Yeah. They, and they made mozzarella. Yeah. Like, it wasn't some guy that went, mozzarella. what <laughs> More like mozzarella. That was some Italian guy that was tired of people being like, "Oh, yeah, mozzarella, it's a cheese. Uh, mozzarella, is that better?" <laughs> so, but in that moment, where he's Michelangelo, something like Michelangelo, what a car does—he's touching his son's nipples <laughs> with hot oil. And Lou Ferrigno's just like, eh. Uh, Why is it hot, Dad? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I, that was an offensive Lou Ferrigno noise now that I'm remembering that he's hard of hearing. I was just going for like big, he's hard of hearing. Is he? I yeah, didn't know yeah. that. You you forget because he, he's very good at uh, speaking. A is way, he but. dev or just hard of hearing? I'm not sure. I don't think it's offensive to make fun of people
2: for being a little hard of hearing.
1: I think you're right. <laughs> full full depth, out of out of bounds. Yeah. Little harder. Hard.
2: He's just like, you know, it's if he's a little bit ah, say it yeah. again. Yeah, I yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> well that's my dad That's and I make that's, fun yeah. of him constantly. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the empathy thing is Here's a world I didn't give a shit about. Similar, I watched a documentary about motorcycle culture, uh, and yeah. it actually increases empathy because I'm like, oh, yeah, these are the same people that want. Instead of given like a razor sharp wit and intellect, like I've been okay, that was a joke. <laughs> but like I, I was given an interest in comedy. They like performing, and yes. they they happen to be the types of I can't lift. I can't do what they're doing. I don't just mean lifting the amounts they're lifting. I can't start at my own level because I'll be like, I could watch House of Cards. I'm a lazy ass. Like, I don't (laughs) have it. And then you watch and you're like, oh, we're all the same. It's just different hobbies, different interests, different things. I
2: I actually was just thinking about this yesterday because I was talking to my barber, uh, uh, Pony, who's uh, one of the most interesting people I've ever met. His name is Pony. His name is Pony. Um, uh, He's a very interesting guy. And so we were just talking about cars and stuff. And he was like, oh, yeah, my motorcycle – uh, and I was like, oh, you have a motorcycle. Uh, can you know?" We were talking about like repairing it yourself and he was like... <laughs>
1: I just want you to know the next question is tell me everything about Pony. <laughs> 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 he has a motorcycle.
2: He has a motorcycle and I asked him, uh, you, you, we were talking about maintaining it, he was like, oh, I can't maintain it myself because the new ones have this shaft drive and you got to take it in or whatever. And I was just thinking about, I was like, oh, he knows motorcycle culture. I got this whiff, like a scent on the yeah. breeze yeah, yeah, yeah. of the existence of a very deep well of knowledge yeah. in motorcycle culture. And, right. and, it, and it made me think think about how uh, i think one of the most incredible things about people is that for any any field of human endeavor literally anything that humans do at all there are people who, like, specialize yep. in it, devote their whole lives to it, refine it, and mm. then they develop a vocabulary, they develop yep. lingo, yep. They, they get better at Cigars, it. Cigars, and...
1: poker, exactly. mo- motorcycles, classic cars, yeah.
2: I could talk to you crochet. About, I could talk to you about men's leather shoes for an is hour. Is that true? Yes, I could. Um, and, and so that's just something I got into. I started reading the, the subreddit and everything, and but I, this is I learned world. a lot
1: about it. And that's isn't that a wonderful thing about and it people? it even spills into, like, sexuality. It spills into everything, mm-hmm. food, sexuality. Yes. It's a wonderful time to live because if you're really into into le- men's leather shoes or if you're really into women with uh, giant asses mm-hmm. you can find your community yeah one's having more fun than the other <laughs> exactly and there are people who have like and they've come up with the
2: giant with different names for the giant asses yeah and, yeah, like, yeah they're like oh I saw uh, this sort of ass and, she got like,
1: a lava lamp <laughs> <laughs> Look at that lava lamp jiggle, baby! They go to meetings where yeah. they talk about asses. Yeah, that's you know? it. Yeah. Again, Calvin and Hobbes must be on the dome. He had Chew magazine, which was a <laughs> bubblegum enthusiast magazine. Oh yeah. Bill Watterson. Yes. Like, it's a commentary on how you can be interested in anything. Yes. But when we zoom out just a little bit, which again is a kind of a, a, an attribute of empathy, we're zooming out. Yes. And we're just going like, oh, your Chew magazine is my Mm -hmm. Steve Martin album collection or whatever. It's only four albums, but (laughs) it's just like collection. So, yeah, we're all the same.
2: And and it's true. We can use – I think speaking of empathy, like for instance – um, you know, the type of guys who are like, uh, speaking of Reddit as well, you know, like men's rights activists or like pickup artists type guys, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like people like that. Doing um, the
1: negging and all that. Yeah, exactly.
2: I, from just like, I don't know, looking at their forums out of perverse interest, you know, sure. it's the same thing where it's like, these are people who like are trying to get around this particular insecurity yeah. in their own lives by... Yeah. By, like, oh, boy. systematizing it and
1: focusing on it and, like, Ram coming up das with terms and stuff. quote, coming at you, Ram Dass quote. Whoa, what is it? <laughs> Take the shot of chai tea. I'm quoting Ram Dass. <laughs> 20 minutes into the podcast, it's happening. I People know I quote this all the time, and it's hanging up on my toilet. I look at it every, every day. That's where it belongs, baby. I can't right wait for this. Island. I've never heard it. Well, it's, it's just about um, looking at people as trees. I won't say the whole quote, but mm. it's like when you look at a tree, you don't judge the tree. You kind of just look at it as something beautiful and, you know, maybe it leans this way because that's where the sun was yeah. or lean that way to get away from the breeze or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, I try and practice looking at people as trees, meaning appreciating them for how they are. Yeah. So a guy is a pickup artist. You could go, what a scumbag. And that's fine. That's, mm-hmm. just, that's just the entry level. If you want to start with what a scumbag, I won't stop you. It's kind of skeezy to go out. Sure. But then if you go a little bit deeper, you you can see that he's just a tree too. And he started to bend maybe in a weird way, maybe in an ill-conceived way or an ill-advised way. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You can still just appreciate it for what it is instead of judging it. If you want to put it in your brain, yeah. you can judge it. And that's fun too. Uh, uh, but if you want to just let it be, you can let it be. Definitely. And that and that goes to one one of my core beliefs about people is
2: that like everything that people do wrong, right? Every every bit of like pain in the world that's human-caused yeah. is caused by people being people, yeah. right? By people doing human things that all of us do, you know what I mean? So,
1: So someone that's who... That's right. It's not some special evil person. There aren't good people and bad people. I actually... Keep going. I'm just going to write down, right next to Pony, I'm going to write down Dick Envy. Keep going. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what that's about. I, I have a theory about Dick Envy being the cause of all wars. Keep yeah. Going. I, I mean, it's
2: just, it's just that, like, like the, you, you know, like, every every bad way that people are, like, every, every person who's, like, doing something very hurt-making or awful in the world yep. is is it grew out of a fault that all people are that's subject right. to, and it
1: snowballed a little. Yeah.
2: So, so, ra- so, so, just for example, racism or, or homophobia or any or any kind of These that kind great. of thing that comes out of a human examples. Uh, they're uh, like, not
1: great things. Yeah, yeah, they're not they're
2: not great things. They're not great things, <laughs> but they're great examples. But they come out of like a, a an innate human uh, fear of other
1: right. that we have to understand in ourselves and get ahead. That's of, it. You know? Well, it's not a different br- type of person. Like I'm saying with the pickup artist, you put in your brain, and the brain's job is dualities. That's mm-hmm. all. That's what it does. Mm-hmm. So it wants to. go go, big tree, little tree. <laughs> this is why the, the, the call to spirit is to get out of your head and into your heart. We hear that all the time. Uh-huh. But it's really to, to the place of just being, being still and not judging everything all the time. But our brains, the things that I love that built these microphones and the car that I came here in and all that, the shirt and all that yeah. good stuff that I completely love the, and respect the brain as well, wants to be dual. So it starts mm. looking for patterns. Yeah. And then it, it delights. This is why people run racist-driven uh, news stories or whatever it might be or, or uh, why people make Asian drivers. Let's take something as, as quote-unquote, harmless as Asian drivers are sure. bad. I don't like Asian drivers. Yeah, they drive like this, they drive like that. Have you ever noticed that you get cut off and you have this impulse to see who's driving? Uh-huh. Like you want to know who it was. Who is that motherfucker? Yeah. You want, and then if it's a woman, <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, this is what the fucking dumb brain left unregulated will do. Yes. It'll go, woman, typical woman. Yes. I'm not telling you that women drivers are bad. Yes. And I'm or- not going to apologize all the way through this rant, by the way, because that's fucking bullshit. We all know that we do stupid things, and I'm telling you a stupid thing that I do. What were you going to say?
2: Oh, I was going to say, you also will make a judgment about, who, you'll make a decision about who the person is based on the behavior. Like, I yeah. just had a note, you know, put under my... My car windshield for parking in the wrong spot yeah and i realized that my assumption was that the person who left the note was a woman yeah simply because i don't know why i'm like for some reason that's a womanly thing in my head lipstick at the bottom <laughs> <laughs> don't park here baby cake it had the scent of lavender <laughs> the notes uh and i opened it and rose petals fell
1: out <laughs> But of uh, <laughs> course, this were where, like a Naked Gun movie, yeah. you pan over to your naked, uh, your naked was just, fat male neighbor was, <laughs> who gives you like a whoo, you know what I mean? Like, like the most base joke. <laughs> but,
2: yeah, but I was like, why did I? Why did I think that? L- note leaving,
1: yeah. and it's some innate like sexist assumption this is about what passive our brain aggression. Does. Yeah, we we delight in positive negative. The whole world is built into yes and no. Yes, and this is how we make computer. Uh, this is how this is how we make computer. This is how we made the internet. It's all a relationship. Of yes and no. So the brain delights in it. So you take note. You go, no, bad feeling. Okay? Brain's on the case. Was it a woman? (laughs) Probably a woman. Was that woman a bitch? Probably a bitch. Was she over caffeinated? Is she unpleasant with children? You want to take that person, this complex tree, and file her. Yes. Because it's comforting to you. Yes. This is where you get a Hitler. Yes. This is wh- Hitler <laughs> was very popular. Yes. I think we're seeing again. <laughs> it's like, oh, this guy Hitler. What about the thousands and thousands of people that were like, I mean, it's a little weird. I'd like to think they thought it was a little weird. But yeah. the truth is, they're like, oh, uh, we, we, this is what I want to hear. That is. Yeah. Because when, you, when you're in a binary space and you have a Donald Trump going, like, who attacks us? That's the big cutoff. Yes. Muslims, get them out! Yes. And then your brain... Del- and this is how... So I'm with you. I'm just agreeing with your... Yeah. If thesis. I can pull all these if all these threads
2: together, here's the story of what happened. This is such a boring story, but... It, I it, want it, boring it, stories. It
1: feeds into what happened uh,
2: with, with what we've been talking I'm about. I'm excited. Is that I found my street has very little parking, and there's street sweeping, and right now there's construction on the street, so you've got to move your thing at 6... Thir- you got to move your car at 638. Don't right? like it. So we had gotten a map... From the uh, from the city because they were doing a rezoning thing It was like a little map of the neighborhood and one of the lots it said on it parking right it's like this lot where the house is really far set back and then the fence is only halfway up the lot and then there's like gravel in the front and according to this city map it said parking and I was like that might be public parking that nobody knows about interesting in front of maybe these people don't own all the way to the street so I can park there right I just want to so, Richard roar you and say
1: good I agree why is that <laughs> fence so far from the <laughs> exactly. house
2: exactly it's like not illogical so I was like I'm gonna try park in there and see what happens yeah and I didn't. Get a note. So uh, no one left a note. So I started parking there. Well, once a week for a month, and now I finally got a note on my car. It said, "Please don't park here anymore. Thank you." And so I assumed I was like, "Who's this woman?" I <laughs> I saw a map, and the map said parking, okay. and my assumption's probably right. And can I, I can I that can I inter- was my first
1: reaction. I want to interject, interject. When you get a glimpse of your dummy brain. Don't sweep it aside. That's what I think we're taught to do. You go, who's this woman? And you yeah. go, oh, no, I'm bad. Women are are our equals, our superiors. <laughs> you know, So you start – and those are all good thoughts. But if you get a glimpse in the inner dummy, ask him to tea. Get that motherfucker <laughs> in your grasp. Instead of being it. embarrassed and go, whoops – and that never happened. Yeah. If you go like, I want to punch that toddler in the dick. Go like, <laughs> what is that? Yeah. Don't resign to being a person who has these flashes of inappropriateness that you just don't understand. Like, look into it and don't be afraid of it. Like, love even the weird bullshit in you, and and uh, accept the fact that you don't have complete control over your brain. Go mm-hmm. on. Okay. So uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you label that. You label that reaction. You know, I'm like, yeah. I'm feeling this reaction. You,
2: you always get a, a, a when you ever whenever anyone gets a note like that, your first reaction is always like. Who the fuck? Yeah. You know like you're yeah. so
1: you're so angry and so I I so well, it's shining a light on the pretend system of parking we have. And you're like, oh, yeah. you with yeah. your long fence. Yeah. No one's here. <laughs> no one's on the gravel. You
2: know, it's. it's like, like, come on, I'm not blocking anything. I'm going to do it. I was like, I'm going to park there again. I'm going to leave a note on my thing that says, I'm parking here. Fuck you. Yeah. And then we're going to get it. And I played that out. And like. Did you do it? No, I didn't. I didn't. Oh, you played it. out thought about it. Well, she's going to call the cops. Yeah. She's going to say, we're going to have, have an argument. She'll have it's
1: going to be a whole thing. And now I'm in a fight with a neighbor, right? So Forget dick envy. This is the. the first time the tit goes dry (laughs) literally you're sucking and there's no milk and you go i should park here that's i mean let's get freud in the mix that is the base human thing i'm sure hitler was a very colicky bitch
2: baby Man, I, I would love to see you in like an upper West Side drawing room having tea in the 1960s. You know what I'm talking about? You have a way, the way you psychologize stuff is so like, the, to, br, to bring like Freud in and be like, yes, well, that is the mother's tea, doesn't it? That experience is like, it's so, it's like this very, I want to be friends with Capote!
1: <laughs> I want that man at my house. <laughs> it's like a very old world I intellectualism. Agree. I really enjoy I agree. They already did it. Just Steal it, you know yeah. what I mean? Why make a new one? So, on. so to go,
2: so to go with the story, I was like, "How do I?" I was like, "Look, all." In my head, I was like, "All I really want to do is park here. I've angered this person, yep. um, and I also don't want to be in a fight with my neighbor. I would Were like you to park there. A little
1: embarrassed at all?
2: I was a little embarrassed. Yeah, 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 a little embarrassed too because oh, I got caught doing this thing, yeah. and and like, but I want to still park there. How do I? Because it's m- incredibly convenient for me to be able to park there. I, so what I did was here's yeah, so I was like, yeah, I, yeah. I figured it out. Yeah, I wrote a note yeah. and I put it in their mailbox, and the note said, "I am so sorry for inconveniencing you. I made this." Error, and I'm very sorry. Hey, it's your neighbor from just down the street. Um, uh, I'm very, very sorry.
1: Honest mistake. I like that. You, you opened know. with, hey, it's your neighbor from just down the street. Yeah, exactly. That's just nice.
2: Personalized. My name's Adam. This is me with the car. I'm That's so sorry. Real, I'm like, so sorry. Just a
1: pack of bonobos. You're like, yeah. hey... I'm the hairy yeah. orange one from the trio. Yeah,
2: I'm a person, right? I'm not a car that you're yeah. mad at. I'm, I'm not a tiger. I'm a person down yeah. the street. Hey, I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't have a parking spot. I have to do street parking, and it's very inconvenient. And so you can see I made a mistake. Could I possibly, if it is your lot, could I rent the space from you? You know, yeah. um, for like a couple hundred bucks a year, which is probably, I don't know if they'll say yes or no, but it's like, uh, so I apologize. Oh, we don't know. I validate their feeling. Can you check your email now?
1: Oh, that's, I'm oh, just kidding. <laughs> oh, no, it's fine. Did, did you put your um, email?
2: I put my email and my phone number, and and they can text me so i so i conceded uh, so so you know i think the best thing you can do in any conflict is always say oh my god i'm so sorry i was yeah, wrong. it was yeah, a, yeah. it was a mistake oh my god i'm so sorry did you write it then, on official adam ruins everything stationary <laughs> <laughs> hey it's just me a regular guy imagine if i had that <laughs> if i got if i called a printer and was like i want stationery for my television show for my personal use <laughs> three reams please For my official Adam Ruins Everything correspondence.
1: You're going to write so many handwritten letters. (laughs) I'm going to write so many letters. I need three reams. Dear Sir or Madam, thank you for your inquiry about internships at True TV. (laughs) Adam, you don't have time to do that.
2: (laughs) Well, anyway, so I was just trying to empathize. How how do I get what I want
1: and have this person be happy about it? And you told them, I understand. Yes. And I am sorry. Yes. This is my predicament. Let me assist you in empathizing with me. Yeah. Here's a solution.
2: Can you make a little money off of this? Yeah. And, and you know, you have an empty space no one's using. could I pay you to use Do it? Do you
1: like cash? Cash? <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's it, what I wrote in the, I typed it out yeah.
1: printed it out <laughs> in Times New Roman font. Do you like c k- k- cash And the c k- k- made you need a yep. second sheet of Adam Rune's yep. Everything Paper. It's like, yep. ah, I could have fit on one, <laughs> but now it's two, and the, the second one just says k- k- c <laughs> And then my name.
2: But yeah, it's just like, I, I, I don't know, it's just like a simple, yeah, if you empathize with,
1: if your first goal is always say, how do I empathize with this That's person? How does this person well, feel? Well, you made me think of another one. Dr. Gary Penn, uh, my therapist, has an office in Encino, and it's right next to a hospital. And the buildings couldn't be closer to each other. And there's this lot that isn't gated or anything, Mm -hmm. but it's for the hospital. I think it's for, like... I don't know. It's not for, like, people visiting. the ho- There's plenty of spots. Every time I go back, there's plenty of spots. There's nurses parking. There's doctors. I get the feeling. But there's always tons of spots. So instead of looking for parking on fucking Ventura Boulevard, I think it is, I would always just turn in there and park easily. Mm-hmm. And I'm an anxious person. So let's, let's go into I'm anxious. I'm going to be yeah. late. Uh, you know, I don't, Parking is stressful. I yeah. don't resign to being anxious, by the way. I'm just saying it causes anxiety. Yeah. And I'm like, this is my... I found it, and I was like, this is amazing. And I did it for like a year. No one gave me shit. It was amazing. Then one day, this, this gentleman, uh, security guy, came up to me and was like, are you going in the hospital? Just that. Yeah. And right there, I should have said, the jig is up. <laughs> and like, the Lord of the Dance guys come out, and we dance, yes. and I just never see him again. Yes. But I go, I'm going to see Dr. Penn. Which I am.
2: Yeah, but like, you're hoping on, he doesn't Peter. know all the doctors in yeah, the... You can't possibly. You're trying to pull one over on him.
1: I, I tried to pull You one are over. extending the charade. That's it. Yeah. Because why? Getting in deeper. Embarrassed. I was honestly embarrassed. I was like, ah! <laughs> it's like that thing when you, when you catch someone jerking <laughs> off. You're like, what are you doing? I was writing a letter! <laughs> and then if you go, what were you really doing? I wish he had said... Why were you really? Because I was, (laughs) you scared me. You know, you're not going to get an honest answer out of someone after you're like, hey! Yeah. Are you going to the hospital? (laughs) Ah! Yes, I am. Don't hurt me. Because in your dummy brain, you're like, he has wolves. Like, you just think he has some power over you. Yeah. It's funny how much that
2: social, just any kind of social approbation, frightens and confuses people, you know, to to any degree. Such that in all over LA, there's those parking lot guards, and all they do, they have like no power. All they do is say, like, um, this is for people who are who are going to the weddings or whatever it is, it. and then people, and then and then you will never do it again because you don't
1: want to be told you're wrong. That's because it because it feels so bad. And then you run into every once in a while these crazy people that are amongst us that I half admire and half are so afraid of that just don't mind conflict.
0: <laughs> that they're
1: just like, uh are you going to the hospital? No, I'm going to see my therapist." But there's uh, plenty of spots. Uh, well, you can't. This is for
0: yeah.
1: Uh, who says? <laughs> I don't see any signs. This is just the uh, stereotypical New York construction worker guy. Yeah. Who gives a shit? Fuck, you gotta do, pal. You all go, bro. But he loves you. Yeah. (laughs) Like, he loves the guy while he's doing it. It's like, what the fuck do you care, you gorgeous bastard? (laughs) (laughs) But he's also not going to give an inch. Well, the end of that story is I park there, and then I say, I'm going to go see Dr. Gary Penn. Then I walk past the hospital. One building. They're, like, touching each other. Almost. If they were
0: problem solved
1: but they're not touching i go in have therapy on the way out see the guy he sees me what do i do do you have a guess
2: Mm, you you go into the hospital and say i'm doing an errand in here too (laughs) that's always my fake out
1: (laughs) (laughs) thor is soaring high again that is a great
2: guess i wish i had thought of
1: that I uh, I went the, the coward's route, fake phone call. <laughs> so I took, <laughs> I took out the phone. The fake phone call. After I had already looked at him, I took my phone out and was like, hey, hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah, now it's fine. Now it's fine. And then he came up. I pretended to, you know, put the mouth part away from my mouth, but still on my ear. I'm still listening yes, to yes, someone. Yes, sir. Yes, is there something? <laughs> He's like, I, you, you can't park there. And I never parked there again. <laughs> the, the rest of the week, <laughs> the fake phone call didn't work. Yeah, it didn't work to you at all. Well, you know, if he... Well, I can't possibly uh, accost him now. He's on the phone. <laughs> it was like we were playing <laughs> Ma- you think Magic the happen? Gathering. <laughs> he put down the, like, parking attendant uh, confronting you card. And I put down, I'm on the phone. <laughs> and parking attendant with a little bit of will it has like plus three will I've never played magic yeah there's no will fake phone call is just zero he's just like (laughs) no I just have to go up to you and act as if you weren't on the phone because I'm pretty sure you're not oh yeah and he was uh, he was uh, you know we were different in age ethnicity everything was different about this guy and I was like I wonder if uh, he knows fake phone call (laughs) (laughs) he he just seemed like a different kind of guy (laughs) what different people it's Two different uh... folks. So, white American thing. Fake <laughs> phone call. the only ones who know. Well, you know It's, I it's actually, part of white culture. I actually mean it as a compliment because he, <laughs> he, I think he was like Spanish or something. And mm-hmm. you hear about like the Spanish temper and like, I don't think there are fake phone call people. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. If you're Spanish and you do fake phone call, <laughs> email Pete at I don't have email dot, gmail dot, m dot m. I don't know. That
2: I always, here's what I do. Okay. So, you, you know UCB Sunset and there's the food for less across the street? Yes. And so people park there a lot. It's like a great big parking lot for a really shitty supermarket oh i've never and, parked there oh yes yeah, so that's, that's something people do a lot and but they do have the security guard who who will if he sees you he will be like you can't park here you yeah, know? yeah yeah so i have a faint where there's an adjacent mcdonald's uh-huh. in the lot next to the Food for Less, and I always walk towards, and no one has ever stopped me, but in my head, I'm like, yep. if, if they're like, you can't park here, I'm going to be like, I'm going to the McDonald's, sir. Yeah, like, that's yeah, my, yeah. It's, it's close enough for me to walk,
1: and then I just veer off from the McDonald's. But I have an excuse in my head, yep. locked and loaded, ready to go oh, every that's me. time. That's yeah. me when I open a beverage in a store. I'm waiting for the manager to come out and yell at me. He never does. You're like, here's what I'll say. Yeah. yeah. Fake arguments. Preparing for them. You ever catch yourself in the shower prepping for an argument? Oh, God. That isn't going to happen. Yeah. It's always like somebody at work is going to come up and be like, I saw your email. And
2: <laughs> I, hey! I read a really great uh, blog post somewhere on the internet. I don't remember where. A long time ago. It always stuck with me. It was about... Uh, uh, it was about like making time to do creative work, and one of the one of the the thesis of it was you should always avoid conflict in your life, mm. and try like interpersonal conflict, like just try to avoid it and have as little as possible, um, because it takes you, your energy. It, it, well, if you think about that time when you're in the shower, yeah. right? You know that that sort of. Rest that your brain takes where you're not actively working on the problem, but it's in the back of your mind and your brain's just sort of shifting through it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, if you notice, if you're in a fight with someone and you know in an ongoing conflict, your boss or your friend or whatever, when you take a shower, that's when you'll be thinking about it the most. Your yeah. brain will start rolling over it a lot. Um, and uh, if you don't have an active conflict, you might think about like you'll think about the yeah. creative work that you're doing. Yeah. You'll think about that episode of TV you're trying to and write I- or I'll whatever. Take
1: that to dreams too. If you're having some yeah. sort of shit going on in your life, you'll realize you are fighting with Karen that bitch
2: yes all night
1: instead <laughs> Man, this of hates late, Karen. late yeah, she's my go to today I love you Karen uh, it's always been a dream to have a four way with three Karens I just want that to happen so badly uh, there's a
2: Karen listening to this in her Corolla and going, right now do
1: I know two other Karens
2: uh, I bet you do and then I just wait.
1: <laughs> the Karen, wait.
2: the the one Karen who isn't a Corolla, is freaked out right now. <laughs> that I'm like, like, oh my god, this
1: has got even more specific. Yeah. Just take a sip of your Snapple, Karen, and chill <laughs> the fuck out. How do they know everything? God, please email us. And then if you look at you. The, you look at the Snapple fact, and it says <laughs> behind you, and we're behind her. We're back there with microphones and headphones,
2: hello, Karen. <laughs> Karen, look right now. No, we're not there. We don't have superpowers. But, but you looked.
1: You looked. Yeah, and as soon as you look away, we are there. <laughs> we are there. Uh, Talk uh, so about conflict. And Oh, it, yeah, yeah. Know. So when you dream, I'm, I'm writing scripts right now for the show that I'm working on. And when I dream, it's actually not entirely pleasant. But I realize I'm dreaming about... The show yeah. the entire night. Yes. And then you wake up and you're like Angela Lansbury in Murder She Wrote, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. typing well, it c- it comes you typing where that should come from because you were dreaming about it. Or I could have been dreaming about that bitch Karen. Then I get to work and she's like, Did you eat my Werthers original? <laughs> and I go, Real Werthers unoriginal, Karen. <laughs> and that was the snap I had been working on all night. Yeah. Like if I if <laughs> what I What a waste. <laughs> she's not HBO. It's,
2: it, it's like it the thing I described it as like crow for your brain, like, conflicts like that, you know? Like, like imagine if I started to get into a thing, if I let myself dwell at all over this parking space conflict. Yes. Like, while I'm making a season of television. Free it What up. a
1: waste of resources that would be. My, you Dr. Know? Gary Penn calls it RAM. He's just like... Yeah, exactly. The reason you want to uh, tell your parents, like, hey, I didn't like it when you were... Mean to me as a child. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can be like, well, what's the point? What's the point of that? Because your fucking dummy brain wants that resolution. He yes. told me stories about people that were, uh, something bad happened to them, mol- molestation or something like that, that go and find this person that they were never going to see again and just go like, hey, dickface, fuck you, you fucking did that mm-hmm. shit. And they're just like, oh, you're freeing up RAM. It's like when there's too many computer programs running, you can close the what would I say to Steven the pedophile? Yeah. What would I say to that piece of shit? You free it up. Similarly, in much smaller ways, if you have an open and honest relationship, the fact that, like, Valerie, I don't have to worry about her. I do the appropriate amount. Mm -hmm. but You know, because you want to keep your partner happy. Uh, because you love them, but I don't have like extra, when I was- You're not worrying about the game exactly. that's going on. When yeah. I had a high maintenance girlfriend, who I did I did for a long time, uh, I wasn't being as creative, I just wasn't. I wasn't yeah. writing. I wasn't doing. Because you were worried about that. I was narrate. I was writing the narrative of a relationship. I was oh, like, geez. "Enter Pete. Pete, I'm sorry, <laughs> crazy girlfriend. Where the fuck were you? You told me you were taking me to Tony Bennett. Pete, <laughs> Tony I Bennett. thought you said Anthony Bennett, and I got tickets. He's a he's a jazz musician. And, I, and like, and then I walk in, and and she's just like, "Hello," and I'm like, "Well, that work all went out the window." <laughs> Why was I Paul Lynn just <laughs> But you know there's a thing that we talk about yeah. with creativity about pain getting in the way, conflict being getting yes. in the way. And there you know, I, I it's agree. so
2: hard. You have to clear away everything else from your from your life in order to do it because it because doing the creative work is so hard by itself and yeah. it's never easy. I'm trying right my thing right now is I'm just trying to figure out how to make I've gotten actually pretty good at like everything else in my life. Um, like, organizing it in a way that lets me get to the creative work. Like, I've, like, I'm really good at banging out shit on the to-do list, like, call the whoever yeah. and send the form or whatever. That doesn't stress me out anymore. And then when I finally get to the writing itself, where it's like, all right, now i got to revise this script, it is, I'm like, oh, like, I procrastinate ah. like nothing else. But I've solved it for every other part of my life. Interesting. And
1: it's, it's, that's how much harder it is. I'm well, trying to figure out how, how to do it without pain, you know? I, th- I wonder how much pain it is just part of it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I think the writers that I know, and I, I'm, not, I'm not an expert at this at all, but the writers that I know are the ones that go like, oh, the pain means I'm on the right course. It's like when you're sucking at stand-up, you're like, yes. oh, it means I'm on the right path. These are the shit-flavored breadcrumbs that let me know that Bill Burr yeah. is about 50 miles that way. Well, I,
2: I, I, I mean, it's, it's famous now, but there's like an interview with Ira Glass where he talks about like Act the... <laughs> <laughs> uh, our, our, uh, this quote in three acts um, <laughs> the
0: first act
1: <laughs> how finders can be keepers <laughs> a was story a- about a young boy who found two marbles one of which was <laughs> belonging to Mahatma Gandhi <laughs> <laughs> act two
2: <laughs> I, li- I love him <laughs> he's the best I was. Listen- I-, I think that shows one of the best pieces of media in America talk probably. about a hack they-, they do 25
1: of those a year yep. incredible um, Yep. we're all just Keeping up. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever yeah, I see it at the top of the podcast list, I'm like, yeah, they're yes. a fucking machine. Yes. I don't mean best. that as yeah. like, I can't do what they're doing. I mean,
2: like, I can't do what they're doing. They're, yes. They kill it. In terms of how they've built this machine that does
1: this thing. That's It's really incredible. And every um, time I'm worried that it's going to be the one episode that sucks. It's like, yeah. act one, we talked to a postman who <laughs> realized his route was actually... 15 minutes shorter if he cut across <laughs> Elm. Oh god. Oh god. <laughs> like wait, okay, this seems like a lot of nothing. You know, it's a
2: lot of a lot of a lot of uh uh tempest in a teapot. Um, but but god. he has this quote about um like if uh, when you are doing creative work um, you I have guess. you have taste, yeah. right? Yeah. And you uh, so you can tell what's good and bad, and you're dissatisfied with your own work because you can tell it's bad because yeah. you're just starting out. And his point is like that feeling of dissatisfaction with your own work, or this is me hearing this five years ago and internalizing maybe this is my version, Please. that feeling of being unhappy with yourself and feeling self-loathing and pain because your work is bad. That's how you know that the work needs to get better. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how, that's how you know you're going to keep improving it. You're going to be dissatisfied with it until it's good. Yep. And so you need to work through that. And the, fa- so the fact that you feel bad now, quit. don't quit, don't quit. Exactly.
1: That's the, the don't quit. It's like, it's fine. Yes. You write your first like short story or stand up routine or whatever it might be, or spec script or whatever. And it sucks. All right. You, at least you can tell it sucks. Exactly. Better be that with the guy that with the three spec scripts that are getting better, right. Than be the guy that writes the one and is like, I think it's pretty good. It's
2: amazing." Uh, mean, uh, could, you, could you show it to any agents uh, you know? Like that. Uh, yeah. Maybe write <laughs> yeah. another one. Which is Phil. a shame. The person, the people who feel bad about their own work. I mean, it's not. A, it's not like that's the only thing. Are more need, capable
1: but... of being of making good work.
2: Exactly, because they can tell the difference. Now, I, I now I'm trying to figure out how to turn that into because right now we're doing 14 episodes of television. Yeah. and I'm trying to figure out because I have that feeling about every script as we're working on it. I'm like, oh boy, this one really doesn't work. I feel terrible. Yeah. And I'm trying to figure out how to not actually feel the pain of that because it gets to be a little overwhelming. If you're doing yeah. that nine months out of the year, you feel unhappy with yourself because it's not as good as it should be yet. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, So I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out to, how to negotiate that.
1: Yeah, it's like, where in the horse worship is the whipping appropriate? <laughs> it's <laughs> yes. an Equus reference, but it's like... I didn't see it, but I still understand. <laughs> well, it's a guy who worships horses and then and he ties mm-hmm. himself up and whips himself because it's like it's kind of a Christy. Yeah. So you're suffering for your art. There's, there's, but at what point are you like enough's enough? It's like an abusive relationship. Because yeah, there like, are also- back off art, you've been drinking. There's <laughs> an episode of Cops where Art in a, in a tank top is like, This show sucks, Adam. And you're like, I'm
2: doing my best. Well, I'm sure you also know. I mean, we're both comics, you know, you know, people, I'm sure you know, stand ups do it the most where there are people who like. Suffering seems to be the only part that they focus on. Yeah. And there's like oh the life of a comic. Like you go from show to show and you're miserable yeah, and yeah. you you eat dollar pizza and you live in a shitty apartment and like yeah. and, and no one ever laughs at your jokes, and that's what it's about, man. And those people are not funny, and then they quit <laughs> after five years because you can only suffer for so long, you know? Like they focus too much on it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. They never if you never
1: take any joy in it. Poke some holes in the paper. There's light on the other side and yeah, poke exactly. some holes and get some
2: stars exactly. going. I heard was say something really funny where because we're talking about this like I think it's like just above open micro level happens a lot where like comics like it's hard it's a it's a tough life at the beginning you know and it is can be depressing a lot of comics have depression issues but like I was talking to a comic who is I forget who it was but they were like "Um, look you got to remember we need to remember that when people go to see a comedy show They've gotten babysitters. Yeah. They're spending a little money. They're spending maybe 50 bucks a person. It's yeah. a night out for them. Like, why are they, th- if you go up there and you're like, I'm so broke and poor and unhappy. It's like, why am I paying to see right, right, someone right. talk? Why are you broke? Right. I've paid to be here. Like, I, like, <laughs> what? I, I don't relate to your experience yeah, of yeah, being yeah. the saddest man on the planet. Right. right, right, right. Ele-
1: <laughs> elevate yourself a little bit. Yeah. It's like when you go to the movies, they're called art films. The ones that are just like, <laughs> I have nothing. <laughs> I eat a dollar pizza, <laughs> and I can't even jerk off because I've done it five times today. <laughs> but you go to Williamsburg, and you're like, I couldn't even jerk off because I jerked off five times today. Yeah. yeah. And you're just like... Go to an art house. <laughs> this is called the Chuckle Den. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or go talk to the
2: other people who are as unhappy as you, and that's what open mics are. So, <laughs> um, you know, and then, so that's where so that's when people just get into that open mic life, and Ooh. that's all they do. You know? That
1: would be an interesting. First of all, I love your show, which is thank what, you for what, so. uh, uh, Really lit me up to have you on. Although I knew you before that. Yeah, yeah, we know You know how life From is, North- and then you see your friend in the thing, and you're like, yeah because I'm a dummy and that's how the show is booked. So anyway, love the show. <laughs> Thank you for saying It would saying be so. really interesting to tackle something as kind of ethereal mm-hmm. uh, as Adam Ruin's open mics. <laughs> like it would be hard to do with facts. I'm not even pitching this. I never, yes. never would do that. I'm just no. saying like how would you, how could you go like these guys you'd have to do stats like this guy's been doing open mics for yeah. 30 years. <laughs>
2: Uh, but that, that's well, hopefully we could do. I mean, I don't know if we would have stats about it, but like, what I really like about the show and about the kind of work we're doing right now is, is I like that we're doing comedy that can kind of talk about anything yeah. and talk about any misconception or any any sort of you know anything about society on a, in a deeper way. So I'd love to work to the point that we can talk about like any... yeah the nature of art. Like I'd love I, I, would... I want to be doing comedy that is that is answering the question like what is the nature of art yeah. or at least
1: having something to say about it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, and the nature of life. Yes, I think it's interesting because it pokes holes. You could look at your show as negative, which I don't think it is negative, Mm-mm. but it's very deconstruction-y, which is yes. very, very positive to mm-hmm. me, is even if you take something like fish and you're like, hey, the fish you're having isn't the fish that you think you're having. Yes. I think that is just like one step closer, and this is what I'm all about, to like – who you think you are isn't really who you are. Yes. Like you think, like take, like if, uh, okay, you did wine. You didn't cover this in wine, but Mm -hmm. I'm a vegan. Okay. But that's just something I do. Yeah. I'm not a vegan, but I Mm -hmm. am a vegan. But you don't understand what I'm saying. There's a, there's another way to zoom out. Yes. But I eat vegan food. Right. And then somebody goes like, well, you drink wine. And a lot of times wine is uh, refined with egg whites or Mm -hmm. or it's passed through like pig intestines. And are you sure you're a vegan? And I like those moments where you go like, "Mm, but I thought I had it all figured out. Yeah. Yeah. Where someone says you're a vegan, but your shoes are leather. And you go, but I'm not a head <laughs> of Yeah. And the more we know we're full of shit, I actually think the more free we are. (laughs) I agree. Instead of going, but I'm a Republican, (laughs) and therefore I believe X, Y, and Z. Yeah. (laughs) And then you go, but like, if you look at your vote, imagine Adam ruins one person at a time. (laughs) That's that's your next show. If you could go in and be like, you say you're a Republican, but when I quizzed you about these issues, you are actually this. This is what we love to see. Yeah. And that is a liberating moment when you go, you were. We're told you were a, a New Yorker but you love the Oakland A's yes. you know what I mean well the exact I mean the,
2: the exact like purpose of the show is that you know like uh, on the surface level yeah I'm going in and telling people why something that they're doing is wrong and they're saying oh this is so annoying and frustrating you know but the, but the, the thesis <laughs> of the show the one
1: person <laughs> the girl that's like but Adam
2: <laughs> it's often the like man I like pie
1: <laughs> no I like it when it's a woman <laughs> keep that woman in her place <laughs> oh god I mean I don't want- I hope I don't have to say I'm kidding. Yeah. Love you, Karen. Uh-
2: um, but but it's the the idea is that you you know when when you learn something new like that that violates your self identity and your idea of the world as it yes. is um, it's momentarily like uncomfortable and and disruptive and like and feels bad yeah. right but ultimately you're better off you're for knowing the truth you're always better off it, it it's a core belief of mine it's always better to know more truth and the way you
1: know more is by, by asking questions over and over but, again but people this is something Richard Roy I, I was watching Richard Roy this morning great video about the cosmic Christ anyway. I, if you want to look it up, it's amazing. <laughs> he was talking about people would rather die than change. That's, yes. like, that's such a strange – and we only calcify and harden as we get older. So there's such great – I now, this is what we do on this podcast, by the way. So please don't feel like we're taking your show too seriously. Certainly we are. No, I I, uh, I take it very seriously. Okay, Good. I just mean we are looking deeply into it. Yes. But there's something really great about shattering whatever it is you think it is you believe. Terrence McKenna says, I don't believe anything because immediately believing it precludes me from believing its opposite. Mm -hmm. So it's like I don't believe anything. Because if you believe that America is great or the best, then you can't believe – uh, Venezuela is the best. Mm-hmm. And maybe Venezuela is the best. Yeah, and he wants to yeah. live in that place where Venezuela is the best. Why do we love that clip of uh, the newsroom where the woman uh, says to Jeff Daniels, "Is America the best?" And he goes off about how America. The very first isn't scene the best. in the newsroom. <laughs> yeah, the yeah the first, hit. It's, and you're like, why does this make my dick hard? Because we love truth more yes. than we love our ideals or our favorite foods or our labels.
2: Yes, if you bring it to people. Be- and that's what people like about the show is they like that disruptive feeling and they like being shaken up. Um, I mean, here let, let me let, let me ask you this because it's just something like that, that occurred to me. You said you're a vegan, right? Yeah. Um,
1: uh, and and that's part of your self-identity, right? Well, I'm saying it's part of my self-identity in a way of hopefully distancing myself from it. How do you mean? I mean, it is, but I don't really take it too seriously. Sure. Do you understand? Yeah. I like to say I eat plants. Yeah. But when you say, I am a vegan, it's like saying, I am a Southerner or something. Yes. It has this yes, like, exactly. thing to so it. So
2: here's something we talked about doing on the show. We didn't find room for it this and season. And as but I, I would always say, get do. me
1: drunk and give me a cookie. I'm going to be like, get that fucking cookie. <laughs> you fucking, let me a quaff of hair. And I'll eat the cookie. And in the morning, I won't go. I'm a hypocrite or an okay. asshole. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so my, my question is. But please, is, talk to me any way you'd like, please. I'm
2: why sorry. is it? Why is it? That in our this is a genuine question that I have because I grew up I was a vegetarian for a couple years in college yep. you know like I was a, a vegetarian is something you can be and it's a good thing to be and you never and and you know what is the structure of it it's you meat shall never pass your lips again right mm-hmm. what you become a vegetarian and it is a pledge that you take mm-hmm. where you will never eat meat again right mm-hmm. why is that part of it right we all agree that like it's yeah it's better to eat less animals mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but why is it explicitly framed as like a monkishness as like a as like a vow Mm-hmm. That one takes, right? My argument would be that's actually bad because it causes people to go like, well, I could never not eat bacon again. I love it too much. That's right. So ge- i guess I'll just keep eating meat three meals a day for the rest of my life. Instead you of and openness like, to
1: maybe eat less meat. Just eat less. Like yeah. like why, why is it a why because is it's it a the brain again. That It's checking who cut you off again. Yeah. It's going, meat is bad. A- sentient animal suffering is bad. Or meat is unhealthy. Whatever mm-hmm. angle you want to go. Or meat is globally irresponsible. Mm-hmm. You can take any of those. And then we jump to, therefore, no more meat. That's why I love the idea of going vegan one one meal a week. Yeah. And seeing how that goes. I, 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 I come, eat vegan, like, two meals a day. That's hey, what I do. Is that but, what you do? Yeah, basically. Basically two meals a day.
2: And then, you know, but if I'm traveling and I'm in the fucking airport, Buddy, I can eat whatever is, you know, I understand that. nearby.
1: And when I'm traveling, that's when you see, like I say, I'm a flea, and that's where you see more of the flea flexible come into flea. Ah,
2: and yes. you'll see
1: me eating sushi or eating yes. some fucking fish. And I used to say I don't give a shit about the plight of fish. But the truth is. It was overwhelming to to include fish. I've actually stopped eating fish. Mm-hmm. Talk to me next episode. Maybe I'll be eating fish again. <laughs> um, but you know, I also I, it was that, overwhelming to include fish. It was it's like, oh, I just
2: can't. Oh
1: no, too well, much fish. The, uh, well, the brain does get overwhelmed, and we talk about this yes. all the time is that it can, it can basically cling to like three ideals: mm-hmm. sports, comedy. Sex, yeah, uh, religion, comedy, sex. It's got to be comedy and sex. Let's be honest. But um, you <laughs> know, and, and then you can only really take on three causes: veganism. Okay, I'm not very political. That's any, that's any, that's uh, you could say that is irresponsible of me. It is. What happened to nuclear waste? What happened to nuclear weapons? What happened sure. to all? People the can things, only do so much, right? You can only do so much. So literally, I felt fish on the on the docket, and I was like, "This is just too much. I got to eat fucking sushi sometimes." Yeah. Then I start, started being like, "No, it fucking sucks. They should be able to. I don't want to. I don't want to eat anything that if you like." Kind of poked it would flee and hide. <laughs> yeah. Which includes fish. That's fine. I uh, was like, oh, yeah. no, it hides. But you know where I thought you were going to go? Yeah, Which sure. I think this would light your brain up, too, because these are good thought experiments. Yeah. Okay, I'm a vegan. Let's just, let's just say I am a vegan and I identify myself as a You're vegan. You're
2: like, I'm a pure vegan. I I've, I've Vegan
1: nev- lifestyle. Yes. I don't wear leather shoes, even though I ra- love them I'd so much. I'd rather go
2: hungry than eat a piece that's of meat. It.
1: In When I fly, I don't even eat all day. Yeah, that's, that's exactly true. it. Okay. And then, but then, okay, you asked me to lunch. I go to lunch with you and I eat the quinoa bowl with Mm -hmm. black beans and motherfucking avocado and you get a steak. Okay, um, can I treat lunch? Can I buy your steak? Uh, Can I Uh. know that my quinoa was jacked up? It was probably 50 cents and I'm paying 17.50 for it because it's Los Angeles. (laughs) And I know that part of my. Uh, quinoa cost went to fund a factory farm? Yeah. Because of course it did. Yes. Just in the same way that it went to keep the lights on and the water hot. Yes. So I am funding the suffering of animals. Yes. This is where humans get overwhelmed and this is where Buddha talks about the middle way. This is what you're doing. Mm -hmm. I will be vegan two meals a day because you live in LA, and you'd kind of be an asshole to not at least try it. If only for your energy levels and your skin. Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
2: I mean, it's it's it just like it. It was a wonder, you know. It was a uh, when I started trying to eat more consciously, it's more just when I when I eat, I try to say like, do I need to have meat at this meal? Probably not. Yeah, that's sort of my general attitude. And yeah, just it, it you know, it feels better. But uh, yeah, part of it is a, you know, rejection of the idea that there's any such thing as moral purity, you mm. know, which uh, is, maybe that's the problem with Bernie Sanders. Can we go there and say sure, that? Sure, if you want, I won't is be able, that able to like, fall too, be, too I, well. I think that's my, that my, my suspicion of, like, I mean, who knows what the race will, I don't know when this comes out, um, what the race will be like, but my, my whole suspicion of, like, that sort of movement in the Democratic Party is that it seems to be, like, a, a plea for moral purity, you mm. know what I mean? That, like, mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders is the one who's morally pure, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. Hillary's been compromised by the corporate interests, you mm-hmm. know, And I'm like, I don't think anybody is that pure. So that argument doesn't work for
1: me. You know, this is such a fascinating topic. I am pro Bernie or whatever. I think I I mean uh, I donated the maximum uh, to him. I guess uh, whatever. uh, uh, He he actually is the first politician I've ever donated to, and it's monthly. So stop emailing me. Uh, It recurs. You don't have to tell me about Iowa. Yes, it recurs. (laughs) Stop it. If anyone working for the Sanders campaign, you know my email. Remove it. Anyway. But then I watch something like House of Cards and you watch – Frank. do you watch House of Cards? Uh, I watch some of it. So you just stopped, know it's a tenacious but... kind of evil yeah. uh, politician. And, and then I'm still kind of like, ooh, ooh he's playing the game. <laughs> and I'll have these types of thoughts where I'm like, she can't win. She's too goody-goody. You got to be – and I understand it's a heightened world. But yeah. we kind of publicly go, go Bernie. Yeah. Privately – Netflix, watching Netflix alone with Valerie is is a private thing. Mm-hmm. Listening to Rush Limbaugh in your car spew hate speech is yes. a private thing. Yes. So privately, we also crave some sort of like strange ugliness. Yes. Like we want someone that's like, he murdered a guy so he could get an <laughs> office. That means he's a man, which is actually part of the reason why I don't think we'll ever see a vegan president. <laughs> It's like he won't eat a steak with the head of Saudi Arabia. How can we send him the keys to the button? You know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't know where I went with that, but but moral purity is what you were saying.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. I, 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 there's no. Yeah, there's there's no uh, there's no pure person.
1: Well, it's tricky once you start hanging your hat, whether it be a, re- a religious hat, a political hat, even a paternal hat on. And, and in fact, I, I would say the reason I think paternal came up is I think we do this to our parents sometimes at least when we're very young we go like these people are the shit mm-hmm. they give me not a butters yeah. <laughs> they change my poopy diaper I, I, <laughs> I why is it JFK we don't know just, we'll never know it's, <laughs> <laughs>
2: Sorry, I mean, it just planted this image in my head of of baby JFK and baby RFK yeah. suckling from the teats, <laughs> just like, but like with adult heads. Like uh, suckling, yes, of course, suckling uh. from.
1: Ah, yes, yeah, good, it's good. <laughs> it's good Thank today. you, mommy. Thank you, mommy. If this tit goes dry, I will never live it down in a Freudian sort of way. <laughs>
2: Back around, yeah, it was.
1: <laughs> but uh so you think your parents are the shit, and then you realize slowly, hey, Dad's an alcoholic, and Mom has a gambling problem, and and Dad believes uh, that UFOs govern the inner workings of his intestines, or whatever it may be that yeah. lets you down. We slowly realize, and this is another Terrence McKenna thing, that personal experience and personal growth is really where the action is. Yes. So if you go, Bernie is the guy. Mm-hmm. He's the guy. And as long as he's there, we'll we'll be okay. He's Superman. Guess what? Nobody's Superman. They're all Batman, which yes. means occasionally they beat <laughs> the Joker up too hard, and they're rude to Alfred, and maybe they have a little bi-curiosity towards Robin. Yeah, That's, Nothing exactly. unethical about that, but he is seeing Catwoman, and, I, and he's eyeing those green, green tights. And I think my
2: – and I, look – if if we were really gonna get into a political conversation. We may. That, um, I, I just
1: won't be able to be very good at it.
2: Oh no, that's that that's fine. But I think <laughs> my feeling why why I prefer Hillary as a candidate, I think, is because she strikes me as someone who if if Bernie had actually gone out and fought for the things that he believes as you know what I mean and really yeah. put himself out on the line. Yeah. Not that he hasn't fought for them, but if he but if he had like, you know, um uh really like Gone out and made himself vulnerable, you know, um, and tried to you know accomplish things. He would look a lot like Hillary today, you know. All of Hillary's downsides are from being in the public eye for thirty years, you know. And those compromises that it, you know, uh, she had to make are compromises one has to make when one is actually out there,
1: you know, doing it. Well, that's the House Um, of Cards thing. Yeah, she was she was breaking some eggs and making omelets. Again, I I don't really know what I mean by that, but I understand that politics is a sticky, sticky thing, and. You know, you have to understand that even though I do love Bernie, it's mostly an intuitive feeling. I get the chills whenever I see him speak, and and he seems to be on the right side of every issue that I really care about. Um, This is also a person, and this is important. It's like remembering that Jesus had diarrhea. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yes. And I'm not just trying to be crass there. It's like Bernie also had meetings where he goes, oh, the MLK thing. That's going to play good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We got to find a photo of me being chained to a black woman. That's going to play big. Make sure it comes out now. <laughs> I've never done this impression before. And
0: it's, it's, it's definitely uh,
1: passable. Uh, let me go. Yeah. Let you me, know let me, who I'm doing.
2: Yes. 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 It's, <laughs> it's good enough. I can hear it. I can hear it. It's a C. It's a C. Yeah. A C. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah what a good. Well, I mean, you got to hope it becomes, it becomes president just for the impressions, you know. I know. But, I, but I, I agree with you. And I think that the biggest, you know, if I could give a note. To Bernie supporters, which I'm not in a position yeah, to do, please. right? But I think the biggest, I think the biggest difference between people who like Bernie and people who like Hillary is the people who like Hillary know that they support a flawed candidate. Yeah, people who support Hillary are like, look, I, I, I don't know, I yeah. know she's got a lot of problems. I, I, I that's I'm just making a, I'm making a judgment call here. It's, it seems like I know she's going to do some shit I don't like. Yes, yeah. this is the best that I think we're going to do. And the people who like Bernie are like, he's the perfect man. Yeah, you know, yeah. Not everybody, not everybody feels that way. But, no, but um, I get it. Bernie's a flawed, a flawed guy too. Is just
1: we've been less uh, exposed to them. Kill Mike. Going to bust a freestyle. Uh, keep in mind that Sanders rhymes with plan, nurse. <laughs> so keep in mind my plan, uh, swing state, first date. These are things that you can use. <laughs> I agree, man. And and it's a very very interesting. Once we zoom out, we look at people that are being ideological, which mm-hmm. is me. Yeah. I'm going. Let's get someone who appeals to my intuitive. Feeling. And you, you absolutely should. You know. Or we could go with the – well, <laughs> Hillary to me, and again, you have to understand, I'm, I I I said at the beginning, I'm uninformed yeah. in, to a certain extent. I have watched some videos or whatever, but that's not good enough, is uh, she just seems like – it's just, it would be more of the same or whatever. And I'm kind of mm-hmm. like, what would happen if we threw this crazy guy in there? And he's yeah. Like, the post offices are now free food banks you know, <laughs> for
2: everybody. Well, well, I think what's interesting about it, and I, I was I, having a conversation with, with a friend who's, you know, we were having, like, hey, let's let's hash out and talk about politics a little bit because we were going to do a disagreement. And I wanted to, like, you know, have us have, us have, have a real talk about it. Is we got, got a point where we were talking about how uh, it's. Uh, it's so much your emotional predisposition causes you to choose a candidate, and then everything after that is you justifying that emotional predisposition. Fucking you know? beautiful. Um, That's so, so
1: essential what you just said.
2: Yeah, so like, I, I, for whatever reason, when they were the two of the running, I was like, I think Hillary's the one that seems like the kind of person that I am relating to, and then everything after that is me going, you know, Bernie's healthcare plan, d- it doesn't add up, you know? like yeah. Because I'm, I'm back justifying my
1: initial yeah.
2: first movement from it's, the heart
1: that I can't quite justify rationally. It's another way of peering in the car of the person that just cut you off. We're making a lot of judgments that we can't separate ourselves from. And this is a tricky ter- territory, but it's like if Bernie Sanders looked like John Kerry, would we like him as much? John <laughs> Kerry, I remember just being like, oh, he's kind of a strange, strange man. Like, <laughs> he didn't, like really didn't look comfortable as a man. He didn't yeah. look comfortable as a man. He looked like a man emerging from a man. <laughs> like, like like David Copperfield went through the Great Wall of John. Uh, he's like, yeah. he's coming out. No offense, Senator Kerry. He's is he still a senator. Uh, he's the Secretary of State now. Oh, yeah. Can we have this removed? I'm just. <laughs> I well, you know, I think Senator Kerry or Secretary of State. Uh, what do you fucking say, Kennedy? Yeah. Is that
2: his name? Ke- Are you talking about Kennedy or Kerry?
1: Kerry. Kennedy is named Kennedy. Kerry's yeah. named Kerry. <laughs> <laughs> you you just explained yet another thing to me. <laughs> <laughs> Kerry might find. It. I bet they have talks like this. I know mm-hmm. they do. Uh, but you know, it, it's it's a boring point. But if Hillary Clinton didn't look so – like she kind of looks weathered and stern. Yeah. I'm not trying to be funny or offensive. And Bernie looks like somebody that would be like, you want to come in? I I made a cocktail with warm tea and whiskey. And you're just like, this guy is – like I'm comfortable. Like I know what his couch feels like. And I feel like Hillary would be like – we're having mamosas. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, Hillary or looks like... far less fun.
2: Hillary, um... So what, what the she fuck looks, does that matter? She looks like the president on TV, you know, um, which is what... So, so I think that's what some people want, and, and some people don't, you know? She looks
1: like the president on TV?
2: She, lo- she looks like you can... You. She looks like the president in the, in the movie. Yeah. If it were to be a movie yeah. where it was like, you, you know, uh, where we're trying to... Where, where it's like, oh, it's in the future, so there's a female president. Like... You can picture her there in the you know sort of traditional American politician framework,
1: yeah, you know? I agree i would I would cast her in deep impact, the
2: yeah. porno <laughs>
1: <laughs> in the same way that
2: in the same way that Barack Obama kind of like, yeah. like oh, that's the b- black president from the movie.
1: that's you know? what I'm saying um, this this is an uncomfortable subject is like like I mean because I think most people. I, I won't speak for most people. I'm uncomfortable talking about it. About if Obama what? looked mm-hmm. different. Like, I like the way Obama looks. What oh, the yeah. fuck does that have well, to do with it? Well, he's a good-looking anything? man. But Ramdas talks about, again, Ramdas talks about appealing to his guru. So this is supposed to be like a mystical, supernatural, spiritual teacher. Mm-hmm. But he was like, I was drawn to him because he reminded me of my father. Uh-huh. So we can't. <laughs> Extricate ourselves entirely. Yes. So I just like what you said. I maybe I look at Hillary and she reminds me of like my third grade teacher. And yeah. maybe Bernie reminds me of a guy who I was playing soccer and I kicked in a guy just like him went like, that was one hell of a swing. Or whatever the <laughs> fuck you say to <laughs> soccer players. And, and and now I'm like, I like that guy and I don't know why. We're so fucking dumb. Yeah. Advertising works for a reason. Yes. I say Mountain Dew right now. Everyone listening is .001% more likely Mm, to have a crisp, refreshing (laughs) Mountain Dew. I believe it's MTN Dew, but you're going to have to... They did change it. Mountain mountain Dew. Who the fuck saw Dew... on a mountain and was like, I know what to do with this idea. Mountain Dew
2: Mountain Dew Well the marketing could not be the marketing could not be further from the name.
1: I know. Mandu. It might as well be called like summer breeze. But that's a douche and people that drink Mountain um, Dew do our douches. So there's a... I'm just kidding. There you go. go it's gamer here. fuel. That's what it, they called it for a while. Do you really need fuel to just sit there <laughs> on your fat ass? Wow, that was Gary Shandling? <laughs> <laughs> sit there on your fat ass. Does my, fat, does my ass look fat? Larry Sorry. Sanders, because as someone who's running a show, we're both running shows. Yes. How yes. Fun is that? I think you should watch... I find great oh, pleasure. It's,
2: it's, my, um, it's my favorite comedy of all time. Is it? I... I... I pirated it in like 2006 I still have my original AVI like files that I pirated AVI. because it's hard to get yeah. it's like it right now it's only on Crackle and there's, oh, it's on and iTunes. Oh, it's on iTunes. I, got, oh, okay, I bought great. it on iTunes. You can oh, good. buy it on iTunes. All right.
1: Well, it bounced around from thing to thing for a yeah, while. Yeah, and it's, there was like one season on Netflix or some shit. Yeah. It was and they, they made
2: a DVD that was like a best of that wasn't the, – there was never a point where you could just buy the whole series. Right, right. Um, and, it's, and it's old enough that it's not on HBO Go because like HBO doesn't have the rights to it.
1: I know. Um, I, I got so excited with HBO Go and I, it was one of the first things I looked yes. for it's my it's my, fa- it's, well, it's my favorite comedy of all time. I can't believe it took me so long – I was doing that thing where you pretend you've seen it. Yeah. Because everyone loves it and you're like, "Oh yeah, it's the best." And then I started watching it after Gary was on the podcast, and if he if I had interviewed him before, all we would It's almost good. Because yeah. all I would have done is talk to him about Larry Sanders. And yes, he has, he has a lot more to offer than just you know DVD. Commentary. It's one of the most underappreciated. shows. It's, it's unbelievable.
2: It, the best character comedy of all time, I think. And the amount of insight like into Seinfeld.
1: Like, yeah, like yeah. if I'm hearing you correctly, it's better than Seinfeld. In this, oh yeah. Like, I, it's like what, uh, you know these people, and you're into it. Yes. But then here's something that I'm really fascinated, and I'm not really struggling with this. It's just an interesting thing when you're a comedian and you're in the business of pleasing people, and the next thing you know, if you're running a show you're now, like, you're, you're kind of doing administrative work. Oh, my God, yeah. What? It's crazy! It's crazy! <laughs> yes. So you got into this. I yes. say this to the writer's room all the time as I'm, like, turning down a pitch or whatever it might be. And yeah. I'm like, I got into this to, like, just kind of tell people yes. happy, silly things yes. and improve your day. And now I'm like, no, 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 no. You know, like, yeah. what? like, of course, I'm nice about it. But what is that? Is well, that it's what's a it bizarre, like over your show? It's a bizarre learning curve. You know, I mean, like
2: I am the you know, I like run the show. You yeah. know, I, I have uh, I mean, I have an incredible producer named John Wolf, who thank God is there to help me like, you know, actually make the thing come in. On is time, he your rip torn? But- uh, yes, he's my yes. Like, no, we're we're like we, he also is a Larry Sanders show fan, and yeah. we are like almost uh, uh, consciously yeah. cultivating that relationship. Oh, you didn't ruin that
1: one, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> After every show,
0: it's a great show. Like, it wasn't good.
1: It was great. I'd punch Garth Brooks in the face. So he... <laughs> Riptorn is incredible on that so show. Good. Uh, and did you know? I'm sure you knew. Like a lot of times, they didn't have time to do more than one take. Like a oh, lot of yeah. it was like one take. Yeah, it's it, like a lot of, a lot of like improvisation
2: and like weird i mean it's Amazing um show. but it's uh it's yeah i mean it's really difficult because it's i'm you know i'm like the boss of the show and yeah. i and i can't uh i i sort of involve myself in everything so i i have to like yes no like it you kind of can't you have this fantasy that you can just be like the the friendly happy other comic in the room yeah. like i'll just be another hey no i'm just funny and i don't do any of the difficult stuff and the thing is if you don't do the hard like boss like stuff yeah. you don't get it, you don't get your wet. You, I wanna it come out the an way you want to write emails.
1: I want to write in emails sometimes. I'm writing as boss Pete. Yeah. <laughs> and then I answer their question. Now I'm writing as friend Pete.
2: I want to get ice cream with you this weekend because I work with my friends. And sometimes yes.
1: my friends need, like, the best thing to do is to speak to them frankly yes. and be like, well, like, let's say like, I, w- I was talking to somebody about, like, uh, on another show, another thing, another person, about like, a writer's assistant wanting a script. And, and that person being like, you have to – this is what they're talking about with hats. I have this new sympathy for bosses. Yeah. I never thought yeah. – I never had empathy for them. Yeah. You always just thought they were the ones that were like, be here at nine. <laughs> and the reason they want you there at nine – is because they're having a panic attack. that yeah. The table read is the next day. Yes. And they need help. And, and it's they're a, afraid. Yeah. And it's an extension of what they're you, human. What you do is an
2: extension of them. You know, yeah, like yeah. it's it's like everything. I feel like a really intense. Uh, intense responsibility that like the environment of the, of the office, the, the way that people, people interact with each other, the environment on set, like everything is like an extension of me because it's, I'm ultimately at the tippy top. And so it's my responsibility to make sure that everybody is happy and that people are able to do the best job they can. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: that's something I heard on the talk show and it's something that Jed has told me about the show that I'm working on now which is like the fish rots from the head is something he told me and and it's true if if everybody's like having a terrible time and stuff it's probably the big cheese's fault yeah. <laughs> Whoever the big cheese is needs to, like, look at their – I've heard I've heard horror stories of shows, you know, 10 years ago, but shows where some star is, is just, like, a big pain in the ass yeah. and doesn't trust and doesn't delegate and doesn't empower. Yes. These are all things you'd learn in business school. Yes. So here come two fucking nightclub baloney bajonies. Yep. And I'm supposed to be like, I hear that and we're going to keep that in play and let's keep a, you know, let's keep a dialogue open. Like, yeah. Nobody fucking taught me this shit. You're just making it up. Yeah.
2: But That's you exactly. have to, but you have to do it and, and take it seriously. I mean, I, I I go back to you know just having uh, empathy for people and just trying to well, you, you know make like like genuinely care about everybody working on the show. Yep. and that they're you know uh, the whole philosophy is just like hire people who are going to do the best job possible. You know, um, mm-hmm. who who are
1: really give a shit about their work, and it's easy to find people like that in Hollywood. Right, people who you know you're you usually you hire... holding a stack of papers and they're looking a little frazzled, but they're early. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> I mean, everyone. I mean, how many people are, are there in Hollywood going like, all I want to do is write. That's all I want to do. That's all I care about, you know? Yeah. And they, and they really feel it and they want to be an artist about it. And so I just try to get those people, try to make sure they're very happy, make sure there's no obstacles in their way yeah. and do that as best I can. But yeah, I'm just like fucking faking it. Cause I was just a college humor sketch writer, right. uh, a, a year and a half ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like literally I was like writing, you know, Hey guys, like, uh, you, you know, Charlie Sheen just farted. We got to write something, you know, you got to yeah. write. Three pages this week, yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. your whole job, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, you, you know, it's it's been a big adjustment, but for sure, I, I, I hope Can we're I doing tell a good you job. one, yeah,
1: a good one that I've been taught. Please, uh, what do you like about that? <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, because you're trying to, and I, you know, I have a wonderful staff. I should have opened with that. We have. Oren Brimmer, who's worked with me on everything. Oh, I and love Oren. Judah Miller is, uh, for, of course, from College Humor. Judah Miller is running our room. And just everybody in the room is amazing. And I'm yeah. so happy. I really am super, super happy. People that have been on the show, Beth Stelling, Jamie Lee, Eric Sloan. Oh, that's amazing. Really great room. They're great. And uh, so, but I've learned that you need to walk that balance of being giving a quick no. Yeah. What if Pete kills somebody? Yeah. Okay. You want to say no. This isn't a show. This isn't Dexter. Pete yeah. isn't going to kill anybody. But instead of going – like if you go no, it's kind of like telling someone they can't park there. Yes. And now they're afraid. Yeah. And now they're not going to talk as much. Yeah. They, so feel, they feel like, okay, what I like
2: isn't what Pete likes, so I'm not going to pitch what I like. And then I'm bad. Right. And they, and exactly. And then they're not pitching what they think is
1: the best. And right. you hired them because you you like what they think of. Right right, 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 Or you say, well, what do you like about that? Yeah. And you don't say, what are you like about that? Exactly. Well, what do you like about that? And that's something Judd taught me. It's just that like – Keeping it open. Pete kills somebody. Well, what do you like about that? I just want to see him do something bad. He's such a goody-goody. I'd like to see him... Well, maybe he could... try heroin instead you know yeah. you, like instead of sh- just shutting it down and that's that's what I think is really interesting about
2: I, I, I agree I mean I try to you know leave in specific jokes that I know the writer likes even if I don't you know even if I don't love it I think it's an important thing when I'm like revising a script you know it's oh. like I don't even get this reference but the writer likes it and yeah. so that
1: I'm gonna you know I like that Like that would happen with me the on the talk it, show you, you just know? you do it because the room likes it and then it would yeah. become this fun because the writers would always stand off to my right mm-hmm. and i do their line. And it, I always sold it, but it's yes. like Larry Sanders. I would sell it and then I'd look to the writers and if it worked I'd almost like apologize with a smile <laughs> and if it didn't work I'd look at them like daddy knows how to drag <laughs> <laughs> It's
2: not just like an ego trip. That's but so it's stupid. But I mean, I I don't know if this is what it's like on your current show, I, I but I'm sure it was on the talk show. Is isn't it it's like the hardest thing is that you go from a comic who's just written for yourself to suddenly when you're doing a show writing you're do, someone else you're doing fi- well, you're doing fifteen times as much content as you ever did before, right? Yep, yep. And so you need other people to help you write it, but then when it comes out of your mouth, it all has to be you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so it's like, how do I get other people to make more of me? Yeah. You know, and then how do I how do I shape it? You know, like I I, the thing that's been the hardest uh, this this season is that I've you know I have less time. We're doing more, and I have less time, and so I'm delegating. Season two, yeah, exactly. Seasons two are that's
1: what seasons two are
2: exactly. Um, But it's uh, but you know how do we. you know, how do I still have an investment in everything that we're saying? Like, I want every topic that we do to be a topic that I personally give a shit about. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's tough when I don't, I can't pitch. We're doing 14 episodes. I can't, this 14 times 3 is the number, what is it, 30, 40 something. That's how many topics we're doing. I don't know that many things right yeah, now. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. why I need the writers, but they need to be topics that I care about. And so it's, it's very Otherwise hard to be like fake cheese.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
1: Is there what are you excited about ruining? I don't this isn't morning radio. We're still just talking. But is there anything without oh, trying too hard that you're excited to ruin?
2: Yeah, uh let's see. Um we're uh we're hopefully doing something about uh about environmental issues this this uh season. We're we're scoping that Kinda out Kind of Like right a now.
1: what's his name? Shoes, the shoes guy. You Shoes? shoes? The, oh, Tom Shoes, Tom, Tom Shoes. shoes. Yeah, Tom shoes. Did Tom
2: a little a little bit like that. I think there's a big I think there's a big reality about um uh climate change that nobody talks about, which is that like Uh, it's already fucking happening and there's nothing we can do to stop, like, like the very, very basic, the very basic action of people on earth, right? Every single thing that we do, like, affects the planet, right? Mm -hmm. In a very profound way. And, uh, there's no reducing your footprint to zero. There's no, you know, there's no, there's no saving the earth. You know, there's like, over the next few hundred years, the temperature on the planet will go up. millions of species will go extinct um, uh, and that like that's going to happen and that we you know have to like uh, there's no not having an impact there's choosing what kind of impact you want to have you know on on the planet we oh. uh, so it's like a very big idea i don't
1: even know how to, respond <laughs> to that.
2: i'm sorry i shouldn't have no. summarized the takeaway no. of what will probably be our season finale in thirty seconds no. that was maybe a little bit of a big bite off no
1: it's uh you can take it out if you want I hope you don't because it's interesting but it's like um so it doesn't matter what we do. No, it does matter. It does <laughs> matter. It matters crucially.
2: So that that's that's the trick. We're like, how do we say that message without that being the takeaway? I see. Uh, it it matters.
1: It it matters crucially. But um, uh, you can slow it down. You can slow it it's down. It's kind of you like our own bodies. Bits. It's like you're gonna die. You could uh, eat eat more vitamins. You're still gonna die. Yeah. Is it, that the point?
2: Um. Yeah. More or less. It it it's like we're having like uh we're having an impact. It's like we're living in a house, right? If you're living in the house, the house is not going to stay the same as it was when you moved in, right? You're walking around, you're dinging stuff up, you're, you know, you're using it. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so you have to choose what the fuck do I want this thing to look like. Do I want it to be nice or not? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh so there's no like I'm just not going to touch anything ever, you know?
1: Right, um, right, right. Uh
2: like where I'll just I'll just stay and then it'll be all exactly the same. No, it's you're you're Says using it, a you're making thing use of it that's that's
1: yeah. shitting and breathing and eating and yes. even if there's no uh plastic around everything you're eating, you're still yes. doing things. You're still yeah. Exactly. There's some things you can't escape. Yeah.
2: But we were brought up by we we oh, th- this is something that might be in, that might be in the season. Um we have this idea of natural of national parks, right? You go to a national park and oh my god, that's what it was like before humans came. You know what I mean? This is a wild area that people have done nothing to, right? Mm-hmm. That's not true at all. Um <laughs> every national park <laughs> is managed human created landscape. Um Yosemite, for example, when humans came to you know and, and what what's his face? Uh, the um uh the guy Daniel
1: who, Yosemite?
2: Yeah, well, I forget his name now. He's the uh, uh the, the the founder of the national park system basically um you know th- we came and we we set aside that land and we we're like we're gonna this is gonna we're gonna leave it pristine this is gonna be wilderness like it was before humans came but what was actually the case was that native americans had been living there for hundreds of thousands of years and they had been managing the land they had been burning the undergrowth to sort of clear it away right yeah and so when we created the park we kicked all the native americans out and then suddenly the like new species of grass and shrubs started growing there right um and so that weren't we, being burned by them that anymore. weren't being yeah. burned by them them anymore so we profound Shaped what that place is. So when you go to Yosemite and you look at it, it's not like a wild place. It's not like prehistoric. You know, mm-hmm. this is a this is the way it looks is something that humans have created. Did we continue to? Trim
1: all that? Uh, no, it no. looks
2: different now than it did uh, when Native Americans were yeah, were yeah, yeah. Uh, you know managing it in you know where the sixteen hundreds. Because they were
1: indigenous to the ecosystem.
2: Well, they were, but when they came, they changed it too. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, like when they came over the when they came over the land bridge or whatever. Um, uh, they wiped out. Um, ancient aliens. What is the land, a land bridge? bridge? That's like how that's like how humans came from. Uh, uh, you know. Uh, uh, Russia to the US like over a land bridge you know like it was a migration of Native Americans you know from uh, you know Africa to Russia i, I never airline. heard of this
1: is it just a bridge have you heard of this it was it was during the ice He's age heard
2: of it during the ice age oh, it the was water land. levels were yeah, lower yeah, so, yeah. so you, that you could walk kind across kind of a and Pangea it, thing exactly and then oh. it closed
1: up right yeah. So um, I made up for not knowing land bridge with Pangea <laughs> Uh, so, you you know, (laughs) part of it is that Native Americans also did not live in concert
2: with nature and did not live in a pristine natural environment that they preserved. They shaped the land just like anybody else. They caused many species to go extinct when they came to North America. They, uh, changed, you know what I mean? Like that, like humans create. An impact, right? Period. It's and like there's you, no,
1: there's no, you, there's no the matrix. You yeah. are a virus. You exactly. are going to eat and spread exactly. and reproduce. And and we
2: need a fundamental awareness of that. No number of Prius driving is going to
1: stop Uh-oh. change from occurring. I feel a true detective impression coming out. <laughs> I think the noble thing would be to. Walk hand-in-hand into one final sunrise. You remember that? It was just like the idea the noble thing for humans to do would be to end our lives because all we do is ruin everything. Oh, man. Let the hawks have it. Walk hand-in-hand.
2: That show walked uh, talk to talk. It could not walk. I would say the second season. Uh, no, I think even the first one. Really, I you didn't like afforded. the first, really? Oh, not at all. Oh, I, I was like, it. this is a whole lot of profound sounding nothing. That it is that that show wrote that show wrote some checks that it did not cash. Uh, first um, season. Yeah, those checks bounced. That the is first
1: my, season yeah. bounced.
2: Yeah. Yep hated every second of it and then when it came out and then when they came out the second one like I, I had that emperor's new clothes thing where i was like yeah it was always bad that was <laughs> ah! that was my reaction <laughs> i shouldn't talk about this publicly i'm gonna get more shit than
1: that for uh, than i want that's interesting it's uh you know Well, uh, we're closing out on two hours here, which is normally what we do. I know. It
2: goes by. It goes by. We started with the profound stuff first, and then we just ended (coughs) talking
1: shit on TV shows. Yeah, the God part is just seeping into the whole thing now. (laughs) It's it's in the foundation of the podcast now. (laughs) But uh, were you raised religious? Is that a thing? Uh, uh, You look like you were, you goddamn ah, American flag. I'm so blonde. Um, (laughs) It's
2: weird. My parents were both uh, scientists. They were both um, PhDs. Hold Um, on one
1: second.
0: Oh God
1: oh no you are welcome you had two scientists for parents
2: Oh God it just hurt to my core I feel it um, no I yeah I had two scientist parents and um, they took us to church because to like a congregational church is a very milk toasty form of Protestant church on Long
1: Island like not uh, very hard nosed. yeah
2: never it's just like it's just like hey Jesus loves you. Oh, yeah, everybody come on let's Easter. Let's let's sing in the choir. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah, not yeah. N- like not intense. You know. Yeah. Um. Uh. And it was nice and all, but they were just like, oh, we should take our kids so they know what religion is. Uh, but they never like re- they they never. I'll be honest, they don't believe in God. They never did. You know, like interesting. Like they just sort of we just they believed in the, the
1: cultural uh, importance, importance of it. Of I think of and a
2: congregation and, or you know they like oh yeah kind of spiritual or whatever. But yeah. you know like my dad's an evolutionary biologist. Yeah. So you know. Um, and then and I and the nice thing was they were like you, you know I was like oh, I can I I don't want to go to church can I not go to church and then you know I would say that and then one day I woke up on Sunday and they hadn't woken me up and I and I got out and they had gone to church without me they were just like okay he doesn't have to go to church and I never and I was like
1: oh, yeah
2: it was like home alone oh, you know
1: my god oh, it was so
2: good I played video game my sister
1: was pissed because she still had to go to church but you now know the love of Christ you experienced <laughs> it in that yeah. moment you were like yeah. <laughs> It doesn't get any better. That's fantastic.
2: See, I mean, I experienced religion, but it was just always. I, I was always like, you know, it was just kind of like, we're, we're not really, we're, we're not all believing this, are we? Right, like, we right, don't. Right, right, right. We, we all, we all know that this is. I mean, this but is I, all a story. I you feel know? like
1: that's pretty fantastic that you went in lightly. Yeah, you still kind of got a, a taste for it or whatever. You know. Oh yeah. So you took the sample. Yeah, and you were like I don't. Really and we did like
2: And we were ser- like we went to church every week, and so we, you know, I was that kind of kid where I was like, you know, on Christmas and Easter, I'd be like, oh, look at all the Christmas and Easter Christians, you yeah. know, or whatever. <laughs> but I didn't self. I, I was like, I- we go every week, motherfucker. Right, like right, we right. sing in the choir, you right, know. Yeah. But I never actually was like into it. You know, yeah, I was yeah, never yeah. like there was no love of God in my and heart. And then I was why, just like, oh, it's nice to go. You know.
1: Where did that take you? Where Spe- are you now? Where am I now? Um I, I mean I uh I would describe myself as a, as an atheist certainly. Um uh, but You can help us because I've been trying to represent my atheist weirdos better. Sure. Uh, I always am. Sure. Cuz I, I uh you know I think they might be interested in it. And I, I really I really enjoyed listening
2: to you uh, you know um I uh, when you're I started listening to your podcast regularly I really enjoyed hearing the perspective of a spiritual seeker which oh. is not something that I commonly had in my life, oh, you know. Fun. Thank you for saying um, so. Yeah, I didn't even know absolutely. you
1: listened to the podcast. So oh
2: yeah, yeah. I happy. listened to it religiously for years, oh, and now wow. I still listen to it quite often. So with yeah. your family, but you're only kind of into it. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I listen to. It. Yeah, I listen to it every single week. Well, for a long I sure. Time. I,
1: it always means a lot when when uh, people who don't believe in God enjoy the show. That means. Oh yeah. That means we're doing it properly. Um, but uh, so anyway, we, it's been coming up lately, and. Uh, I, I'm I'm glad it's, we seem to have a lot of atheists at the beginning of the podcast, uh-huh. and we haven't had a a, a a one in a while. Sure, I was going to say a good one. I just Not, haven't had. one I'm in a while. real good one. I just feel like um, I'm very curious to hear about it. Uh, that sounds like I'm like make your kids. Sure, I just want to know what your thoughts are. Oh, that's really interesting. You know what's funny is I used to
2: listen to, to this podcast and go like, here's what I would say to yeah. this point, and now I forgot to prepare no, my no, atheist no, manifesto.
1: No. Well, we can take it one thing at a time. You th- you feel like the evidence proves to no. What, what, when we're saying God, what are we saying? A conscious being in the clouds? Yeah, I, I
2: Certainly have, not. I, you know, I have a general predisposition to only believe in things that I have reason to believe in, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, for, for some reason or another, you know, mm-hmm. and so in terms of there being a, you know, an actual spiritual force with efficacy, right? That like has an, has a real impact in the world and like. Who changes moves, things. Yeah. Who, who we who, can
1: intercede with. Yes. Or intercede for us.
2: Yes. Who moves things around. Um, uh, or, or, you know, a broader concept of a spiritual force that connects all people or any, you know, any right. sort of thing like that. It's like, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm looking around. I don't, I don't see it. Like I'm pretty, pretty straightforward. Stuff's coming into my eyes and my head and I am drawing conclusions based on it. And right. so far, no, doesn't seem like any God around, you know, right, right, right. now I would now are I would say that I have uh, uh, experiences that other or feelings and emotions that probably other people would characterize as spiritual. I don't know that what I use that word that, that much. Um, you mean you get the chills? You get a yes, a profound sense of I
1: I being. think that
2: here, here's here's actually what I think. And I and and thanks because this is thanks. For giving me an opportunity to say sure. it. Sure. Um. I think that the uh, sort of quote scientific worldview right or the intellectual worldview of of looking at the world and you know trying to learn as much as we can about it and look at our place within it in a realistic like all encompassing way, trying to you know hold the entirety of human knowledge in mind at once you know I find that to be a an experience that has just as much like beauty and spirituality and awe Mm -hmm. and all those senses as a, um, uh, as, you know, someone's uh, experience of God. You know, know,
1: it's interesting. I just wrote this recently where I was like, this sounds like I'm putting science down, but I assure you I'm not. I think they're partners. I always have been, uh, the spiritual pursuit and science. I just feel like uh, so, uh, the spiritual pursuit can be like a, a violin it's like an emotional thing mm-hmm. it's a feeling you're hearing violin and science is the sheet music that sounds like I'm taking some fun away but I'm mm-hmm. not the sheet music is is how we have Mozart you know mm-hmm. what I mean it's how we preserve and understand and, and intellectualize and wrap our minds around so they're definitely in the same uh, like this morning listening to Richard Rohr talking about light being the only constant in the universe, even places that are dark, uh, use words like neutrinos that I didn't understand. So even things that are perceived to be dark to us are still made up of, of light. There's mm-hmm. still light there. Yeah. I was like, oh, I worship light. I worship that sort of unifying force. When we start giving it human characteristics, I understand those to be myths and metaphors that help us understand something that is fundamentally un- mm-hmm. But uh, so, But I was like, ultimately, I am worshiping and trying to... Um, Unintellectually, literally, in my heart, not my head, merge with and have wash over me this feeling and this uh, idea of of this unifying thing, this thing that's in everything.
2: I would say that my the the verb that I would transpose from my own experience from what you said is I would uh, remove worship. I don't feel that I worship anything, mm. but that's the verb that I would put into that experience is understand mm. and learn, and that's that's the that's the, pr- that's that's the primary spiritual I activity. Feel like I feel those
1: guys are the, we're the um, same. It's like. Science is trying to photograph God, and I think the mystics are trying to, like, make a home for him. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? And that's ethereal, and that's, that that is is make-believe. It's like this imaginary sort of thing where I can quiet myself and be like, come into this space that I think I'm making. It's all an yeah. abstraction. And you guys, the science people, of course, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm with you guys as well. And when I say photograph, that sounds cold. I I, I feel the same Yearning and reverence and wonder and yes. awe in a gigantic telescope that's really doing the fucking work yes. to pull this thing that I think not, – not necessarily consciously, but it begs, not, not asks – but is begging without words to be understood mm-hmm. same side me, same uh, side let, friendly fire I agree <laughs> let, let, this is what I well, think. I didn't mean we're firing this, oh not at all <laughs> this, this is
2: this is uh, the, the, the number one takeaway for me and, and scientists are, are incredibly bad at advocating for themselves and that's why I'm I you know sort of my work as a comedian I think is to is to sort of bring these ideas to light um, is that like people always say well if you don't believe in God or religion or spirituality or a spiritual force I don't use any of those words if you don't use any of those words if you know what is the point of life, what is the meaning of life? What in what way are we remarkable? You know, in mm. what in like I, I need purpose, right? That's mm-hmm. what people want. Um, so if if you look at what it means to be a human, right, that like if you if your belief about the world about the universe is that it's just particles, molecules, atoms floating around and bumping and interacting in different ways, and that is the root level of reality. There is nothing but that, right? Mm-hmm. There is nothing but atoms, mm-hmm. right? most atoms coalesce in, you know, big chemical reactions like the sun, right? Like stars, you know, these big burning chemical reactions or just balls of dead rock, right? <laughs> On our little ball of rock, right, the conditions were so unique and specific that these molecules started to combine in ways that were self-perpetuating, right, and created, you know, sort of like reacting in ways that, that move much faster than everything else. You know, life moves so much faster than the rest of the universe, mm-hmm. you know, than like the the reactions and the changes and, and you know, all those things. And, and started doing that so quickly and so readily that evolution started to occur, mm. you know, that that, um, that that the process started to operate in a way that made them more and more complex, a level of complexity that had never been seen before, right? Because mm. um, everything else is just rocks, you know, but we've got these incredibly complex little things. Those became so complex that the behavior of those combinations of molecules, us, right, started to become complex itself, right? Like, instead of just the, the level of selection being breeding or, or mm. evolution, it became uh, culture, language, you know? Mm. Um, and so So we are made of that same sort of stuff as everything else. But what we are is um, so incredibly unique and, uh, uh, you know, like the level at which culture changes, you know, like on a daily or monthly basis is millions and millions of times faster than anything else changes in the universe, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, So if you can, you know, when I contemplate like that reality, you know, that that is reality, I am overcome with like a very deep sense of awe Mm -hmm. and – and beauty and reverence and that's something that you know like i want to write songs and poems to you know (laughs) um and so that is that is the experience and um uh you know that and so all the things that one needs you know the uh the spiritual yearning you know like that people seek in spirituality um to me that is self-evidently where that Mm -hmm. is like i find all of that in that contemplation and that you know and that quest to understand um uh, and yeah, that's my that's my I spiel. Think that was gorgeous.
1: That was gorgeous. <laughs> oh, oh, good. I love that. How can you not be on the side of that? <laughs> that's fantastic. And, and and that's I can't belong to any sort of ideology or whatever it may be that isn't mm-hmm. completely impressed and and, and and moved by that. I and, love that. And here's
2: the here's the other flip side of it is that people say, um, you know, well, isn't there uh, beauty? in not knowing in that there's ineffable there's something beyond ourselves that we can never hope to understand right Mm -hmm. that's something that you hear a lot when people talk about religion or spirituality I, I say to that no, no, there isn't. The beauty is that you can understand almost anything that there yes, there are things we don't
1: understand. Those are the things that are yet to be understood. You know, That's that, what Tim Minchin said. Yeah. Oh I, I used the word ununderstandable and he went uh not yet understood. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love
2: I love Tim Minchin because yeah. I think he's he's uh no, he's, I, I find him to be a great. kindred spirit in that way. Yeah, you know? he's fantastic. Um but yeah, so that so that is the you know that that is like the quest like that is the that is the project of you know life of my life and
1: i think of many other people's lives i will take a passionate what is this over this is what it is any day yeah and i hope and uh always continue uh, hope to have um, that ongoing curiosity yeah. and never and never really hits. Can I can I
2: give you one more example? I please. Um, uh, a friend of mine, uh, 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 I'll say Emily Heller. You know Emily Heller? Yeah. Um, uh, we were talking about like the lo- the show Long Island Medium, you know, and she was really into. It was a couple years ago. She was really into the idea of mediums. Oh, I've you know? seen
1: Long Island. Yeah. No, have I? I've seen Dead Zone.
2: And and so she was so she was like uh, I you know like this woman, like she knows things about people in a way that we don't understand. Maybe we just don't understand the force that's moving her, you know, Mm -hmm. that is causing her to be able to, to understand these things. Isn't that so cool? And I was like, no, I think this is cool too but I know what she's doing she's doing cold reading which is a very old form of like magic theater you know Mm -hmm. where you can find out things about people by like asking them questions and like reading their words or reading their movements Mm -hmm. Um, and that's so much cooler to know how she does it Mm. like is she doing it consciously is she doing it unconsciously like it's incredible to know that this is something someone is able
1: to do oh she might be doing it unconscious she could be doing
2: it unconsciously some people who do cold reading you know like are are, like they they do it unconsciously and they believe themselves to be communing with the spiritual force but in reality they're doing a magic trick without realizing it they're doing how a trick incredible on themselves? is yeah. that and then yeah.
1: my mind opens up and I start thinking about that yeah. so that
2: so, so that to I me I thought is you the, were going to say
1: because you know. I remember I, I worked in a writer's room with a guy who met a woman you hear stories like this all the time but I knew this guy he met a woman and uh, she he, they were dating for a while and mm-hmm. they were like her grandmother gave her a letter a sealed letter and she was like when you're 30 open this letter she turns 30 she opens the letter I I can hear you shaving with Occam's razor already. <laughs> and she opens the letter and it says, and what, all these things about her life. And then at one point it says, like, and by now I'm going to change the name. I assume, I'm so happy you've met Tom. And that was the guy's name. <laughs> like you're going to be very happy. You're going to be married. And it was pr- making all these predictions. Occam's razor. Uh, she wrote the letter, I guess. You know, uh-huh. it's a it's a hoax. Yeah. Uh, some part of the story is being left out, as it was told to me, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. They frame the letter letters very, very important to them. And these are two science-loving people mm-hmm. with, a, with a, I'm going to say kooky with love, a kooky grandmother. And I remember just seeing, it's the type of look people have when they see a UFO. Suddenly, they have a very different opinion of aliens. If you just saw something that looks like a Dorito sure. make a right turn in the sky, that's the look they had. And they were like, I think in... 50 years we'll have words for this when we find the god molecule when we all the god mm-hmm. particle excuse me when we can start going into that next realm as preposterous as microwaves were mm-hmm. to people in the 1600s mm-hmm. so will psychic waves be to us <laughs> aren't isn't it our job now in time to laugh at these phenomena even though there's countless reports of things like that every day i would have to guess certainly every week I, I wonder if you're open to a scientific, and Tim Minchin, knowable, it sounds far out. Sure, sure, but but I don't have a predisposition about what the
2: explanation is going to be. And if there's an explanation that is, like, more plausible in, you know, current time, You'll go with you know that. what I mean? Then that's the one that I'll go with, you yeah. know? Um, there are certainly, you, you know, he, here's the thing, is that um, uh, a lot of the things that people label in real life as ineffable and unknowable and being something that we cannot comprehend they actually are comprehendable things, mm-hmm. you know, that are, the mystery has been solved and those people are, are, you know, refused through romanticism or or through some other... Or to keep life interesting in this yes. other weird way. Yes, fine. It's yeah. um, as, as, as a choice to not see what the explanation right. is, right? That's what but the... there are real things that have not yet been explained, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and we, uh, our job as people who want to know the most, right, as people who want to understand everything, is to be unsparing in our... Uh, separation of what is known and what is not known, you mm-hmm. know. So, like, I I don't have any time to to spend to go like, well, you know, maybe the Long Island Medium is communicating with the spiritual world because I know how she's doing it, and I'm very interested to learn more about how she's doing it, mm-hmm. you know. But I don't want to I don't want to maintain some sphere of something I don't know when the explanation is right there, right. you know. Right. Um. So I mean, if it's something very very personal, like oh, my God, how did she do this? You know, I certainly believe if 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 that were to happen to me, if I were to get that letter, you know. I would say that, oh, my God, what an incredible mystery this is. I am very – and it was also very meaningful for, to me. I would also probably frame the letter, you know. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't believe my, that my grandmother is psychic. I'd be like, I, I don't know how she did this in a physical mm-hmm. way,
1: you, you know. You'd start with the thesis, <laughs> I don't know how this happened. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, or That's not a thesis, but you'd just – you'd leave it there. Yeah. You wouldn't jump to a fun conclusion. Yeah, just to exactly. Just titill- to titillate yourself. Exactly. Um, And there are things that- that's good science, <laughs> <laughs> and there are pure coincidences. You know, there are pure coincidences sure. that seem that seem you know. Well, people have heard my example is the psychic on the phone, and my nickname for my girlfriend at the time was Boog, which was short for Booger. Mm-hmm. It's not a common nickname, and she said, "Who's Boog?" Is <laughs> when we started talking about my love life. She said, "Who's Boog?" We've talked about this a lot. It was her. Sure. I didn't write on her Facebook page. There weren't emails, and and it, this woman didn't even I don't know she didn't mm-hmm. even know my name. I just mm-hmm. had her phone number anyway. That could, but I'm open as you are to that being a coincidence, of course. Mm-hmm. And if she had said, "Who's Snook?" I wouldn't be telling the story right now because I'm a believer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I'm also, you know, they say there's a, a part of brains that they're finding in people that are uh, that have a proclivity towards polyamory. I bet there's they're going to find something in our brain that's like. In fact, I think they have that wants to believe in god. I bet I have a real big one of those. Mhm. And a big old dick. I'm sure I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of those is provable. Um, and then I just <laughs> turn on, turn off the lights. <laughs> Here we go, Adam. Well, that was wonderful. That was one of my favorite God answers ever. Oh, good. Oh, I'm so glad. I loved it. That really blew my, uh, blew me away. Oh, I'm very, I'm very happy that you, that you did. I mean, it's you know, it's I, not about being right or wrong. I, it's just, some move me and some don't. You you burnied me. Some, <laughs> yeah, some Hillary me. They're still good and they they might win, but I, I'd rather be burnied. <laughs> That's you great. You come in, I tell you about evolution. Everything in mo- nature is moving so much faster. And rock. <laughs> Hillary wants to tell you that we should be rock. I'd say we should be a fern. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look at culture <laughs> <laughs> and pornography <laughs> and four kinds of Cheetos
2: <laughs> and global warming. It's incredible. If he's, I mean, if that was his, if those were the the sides, I would be a Bernie man. Of course, a, bu- a burner, a burner man. A burner Are, man. You man <laughs> <laughs> Are you
1: going to Bernie man this <laughs> year?
2: Yeah, everyone dresses up like Bernie does a lot. And then they burn an effigy of him. Yeah. Bernie Man. There's definitely going to be a lot of that at Burning Man, that's yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm a Bernie Man. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody,
1: I'm, I would wager that everyone at Burning Man is a Bernie Man. Mm-hmm. Which, even though we're going a little bit... No, we're not. Have you done psychedelics? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have?
2: Yeah. Um, I, Mostly mushrooms. I love mushrooms. Okay, good. Mushroom,
1: mushrooms are, are incredible. I would love to be in your brain doing mushrooms. I, just uh, think, I think it would be a delight. Oh. I think it's such a fun... Way to kind of get into a three-dimensional uh, world of your brain and go, oh, that's how things work. And you're just like – yeah. I think you have the right kind of brain. For it's that.
2: really wonderful. I feel such a feeling of, of clarity and uh, and mindfulness. You know, uh, m- yep. mindfulness is a is a spiritual idea that I that I really relate to. Yep. Um, and uh, which, by the way, is my you know, just speaking of religion, like that's the part of it that I that appeals to me. The part that has something to do with with uh, controlling my own mental state. Well, it's or, a practical or, purpose? Yes, that? exactly. Yeah. It's a very pra- yeah, exactly. Um, it's like
1: how everybody's into TM transcendental meditation. It's like why wouldn't you want to relax? Look at your blood pressure. Uh, yes, your Exactly. and all the, all the But I feel
2: such a feeling of like – it's uh, it's almost like enforced mindfulness when I take – I don't like to like see shit. I like to no, like it just is. have that
1: – It's know, the presence drug.
2: And I understand – yes, exactly. And I understand I, like uh, it's just – when I take it, I'm like, oh, it's like very clear like it, what yeah. I want to do. Like w- everything that's been bothering me is just sort of something in my way and I can just sort of pull the pull well, the branches Ron, aside.
1: Ron, Ron Funches said it's like you're a rat in a maze. And mushrooms pick you up by the tail and let you see the maze, and yes. like, they put you back. Yes, but you're like, I saw the whole thing. I think there's cheese this fucking way. Yeah, that's wow. That's like, an incredible way to put it. If you're going to do mushrooms, do them with someone you you love. Uh, make <laughs> sure you reserve the whole day. Take less than you think you want. Yep. Is this and wait longer than you think you should? Is this? If is, we're going to bring it up, I don't want someone to be like Pete said. Take them. I love some terrible.
2: Experience. I love. Uh, I love that you have a disclaimer, but that it's about how to have a good trip. I just want true. you to have a
1: good trip. Yeah, it, you got to do it with someone you're comfortable throwing up or crying. And I want
2: to do it before we started writing <laughs> the season.
1: Then we couldn't find the weekend. And I just sort of got that's and me. I was like,
2: you know what? We're in the middle of it now. And I I don't think I can. I don't think my I can go goal. away on a trip right when, when they
1: lay out the whole year. And they're like, this is when we're in post and this is this. And then we'll write the next season in in, in success. I'm like, OK, so these weeks, that's when I'll trip my balls off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's I think important. This, yeah, I I literally scheduled it.
2: I scheduled a day a month in advance and then we had to cancel and I was like, All oh, right, no, that's uh, fine. I'll just get high and go on a run and that'll
1: that'll get me a lot. But of the your same. show is trippy. That is you go yeah. like a high person at the airport goes, This is all theater. <laughs> this is security theater like Yes. Uh, so yeah, another reason. I, I love mean, your we're trying.
2: We're trying to have that. You know, we're trying to give that big, broad perspective, and we're. Tr- we're yeah. yeah, we're trying Zoomed to lift out. the rat out of the maze. are zooming out and zoom out, and and you know, we're hey, it, it's like it's a high idea, but it's like you know, hey man, we're all just animals walking around.
1: You're right. Uh, that is the perspective that well, that that's... I and the show take on the world. But that's a Terrence McKenna thing. Is that culture is an illusion? We're all buying into all of these presuppositions and all these assumptions. You know, mm-hmm. what I'm saying so. It's mm-hmm. very. It's. It, I would say it's one of the definitions of liberty. And liberation is to go like – you realize you're just pretending to be a man or an American or a sports fan or a Republican or a comedian. It's all just kind of – like looking at it the scientific way, we can say you're just a primate Mm -hmm. and we're just playing a game. And the mystical way, I would say – you're just awareness playing a game. Well it's very similar. The the other what I would say to that though is that culture is, is an illusion,
2: it's a consensual reality that we create for ourselves, but it also binds and controls us, and we don't have the ability to opt out of it entirely. You yeah, know? That's right. You can't just bail and say, I'm not participating in culture, you know? Like yeah.
1: it has a physical it has a physical effect on you. And you it's know? not necessarily your friend. Yes. This is what's so fascinating about the trans movement. This is what's so fascinating yes. about any anything that might be outside of quote unquote the norm. It's so interesting because you see someone going, you see someone scaling the wall of culture yes. and saying, I'm going to knock it down from the other side and then we can build a yeah. better one.
2: <laughs> and they're saying, and the culture, the culture we currently have is hurting me that's right. and I need that we move it, you know, that we, that we take a lever and we move the culture in order that it'd be, you know, healthier for, for, for me. me and people like me. And yeah. people like And that's a real, that's a
1: real thing that we need to do. You know, oh, we got to go. Oh, could have told me that a week ago. I'm just kidding. You did. <laughs> you did tell me that a week ago. Oh, they're here now. They're mad. What podcast is it? Yeah, which podcast? Yeah. What is it? Dining with Doug and Karen. Dining with Doug and Karen. Oh, boy, so once time you It doesn't sound. doesn't sound as good as this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, then I, I guess we, we have run out of time. That's that's never happened. But out of respect for Doug, uh, and listen to Dining with Doug yeah, and Karen. of course. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming. Oh, uh, that was this amazing. has been my pleasure. I've been I've been dreaming of doing this show for years. Well, I'm so. sorry I had to bail on you twice, but you know how oh. it is doing a show. I think no, it's fine. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, would you say keep it crispy? Yeah, no. I would.
2: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, I gotta get ready. You gotta get ready. Please keep it crispy.
1: <laughs> oh, felt also good to say. You do it as a sign off to the show. Oh, oh like, yeah. I'm Adam Conover. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'm Adam Conover asking you to keep it crispy. <laughs> Hello! When I do my character, it's sort of more up here. You know? He's the character version of me. Hello. Hi, Pete. Keep it crispy. And make
1: sure to keep it crispy. I didn't realize it was so different and so delightful. Thanks (laughs) for being here. You're the best, Pete. Thank you. You're the
2: best.
0: Now leaving Nerdist.com.